Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. What a sad morning. What a sad, sad, sad morning. You know, how can people be so cruel, writes Anne, to kill innocent children? Yes. Will we ever be safe and secure? Not not when there's mad people like that around. We still have no idea. We're waiting on the uh, the police chief from Christchurch to bring us up to date on the situation at the moment. Absolutely tragic. Really is. You don't go out, you know, not to a little place like New Zealand. And I say a little place, you know, they are almost removed from everything else. It's quite an unusual place, quite a special place. This is their biggest tragedy to date. We'll bring you up to date on the programme this morning with as many people as we can find. You know, you might have relatives out there. There might be people that you know out there as well. We'll try and let you know, because at the moment, all the lines out there are just going into meltdown. So we'll hear from the Prime Minister, we'll hear from the Police Chief, and we'll hear from the journalists on the ground at one of the worst tragedies New Zealand has ever experienced. It is so sad. So, so sad. It really is. Uh, also, on the programme this morning, as if there could be anything else on the programme this morning, uh, extra time for Brexit. The MPs are revolting, aren't they just? They really are. Uh, plus Louis Tomlinson's sister. He lost his mother only a short while ago and now he's lost his sister. Just 18 from a suspected heart attack. And uh, as I say, I mean, our commiserations go out to him for, you know, a dreadful, dreadful tragedy. Also, the head of the Gambino family. It, it makes it sound like a scene from The Godfather, but it really is like a scene from The Godfather. The suspected head of the Gambino family moaned down in front of his home by assassins. He'd just finished dinner with his wife and children and uh, he was killed. Whether this is going to open up the uh, the mafia wars, I have no idea. I suspect yes, because that's exactly how it happened in the Godfather film. You know, somebody's got use of a territory and the mafia have a, a bit of a hold on New York, not into all the things that they used to be in before. Now they're into uh, the refuse trucks. Now they're into all the amenities and stuff like that. It's 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 quite a big business. And so somebody would want to come in and take over. Uh, from them so you you kill the head of the family and then you move in and then more killings go on it's dreadful uh megan's pr boss has been dumped that'll be the fifth one to go since the royal wedding last may uh, the cornish fisherman who netted a record deal land the movie of course uh, a desperate tv star we're not told who it is they say uh due to legal reasons i can't imagine what legal reasons there would be for wanting to have a baby you know, and keeping it quiet. Of course, the other thing that they're, they're trying to keep quiet, but they've done it as a news item, is the fact that Sarah Harding has gone into hiding. I didn't even think she was out of hiding. Apparently, the last appearance we had of her was when she trudged over to America, having been so drunk on a television programme that she thought this man was interested in her. He wasn't. She was going to record an album. That's all collapsed. She's been kicked out of the house she was renting. Apparently, her dogs caused damage. I mean, she wouldn't be to keep... She's almost... She's just heading for total destruction. There is no way from this. And I keep saying to people, and I've said it for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, if you're if you're lucky enough to be given that lifeline to go into show business and have an opportunity, if you start turning up drunk to places and start being unreliable and start being foul mouthed, your career is short lived. And as you won't be making too much money, you know, you've got nobody to blame but yourself. Sarah Harding's big meltdown was when Big Brother stupidly gave her alcohol, knowing she was a recovering alcoholic. They gave her the alcohol and she immediately turned into this foul-mouthed nobody. Anyway, she's gone into hiding. I mean, where she can hide now? Garden shed? Can't think of anything else. And it'll all be very embarrassing and uh, everything's collapsed around her. Which, of course, is the way it goes if you don't play the game. You, you, we, we've all seen the road to celebrityum 
Celebrium? Something like that. Anyway, it's, it's sort of littered with the likes of Jordan and Daniela Westbrook and Kerry Coke Toner. Those sort of people who are talentless and have nothing to offer the world. Apart, I mean, the latest from Kerry Coke Toner. She thinks she's hilariously funny. I suppose if you're very drunk, it would be funny. She takes her wig off in the middle of this dating and puts it on the bloke's head. I mean, small wonder the idiot of all idiots, you know, is, is sort of around but doing, you know, I mean, there's nothing else you can give her at all. Jordan should be flying back into the country very shortly. She has a court appearance. Well, sorry, I beg your pardon. She had a court appearance. She didn't bother with that one. Plus, you can't believe this one either. You worry about, you know, the things that you read in the newspapers, the things you hear. And they used to say at the end of that programme, was it Crime Watch? They used to say, Nick used to say, you know, um, sleep well. And he used to think, what, after what you've just told us? And there's a story in the paper today, and it, again, it's one of those ones that really gets me going. It's a lady who phones 999. She's been burgled. She's an elderly lady. She's burgled. And three people, they've got CCTV cameras outside you, but they watch them climbing over her fence. Somebody will know one of these people. Once you've got one, you've got the others. Because what happened was the biggest tragedy. They stole her handbag. She had nothing. She had a few pounds in it. You know, I always think whenever you get something like that, that could be your mum. That could be my mum. Well, obviously not now, but uh, it certainly was somebody's mother because she calls 999 and she talks to the operator. However, halfway through the phone call to the operator, she has a heart attack and she dies. So now it's now a murder charge. You know, the acts of those people and they will find you. I promise you, we will find you. We will find you and you'll go to court and you'll be another bit of pond life in this country that we have to put up with. And she died as a result, and the papers have reprinted the transcript. I heard it the other day. And uh, it's heartbreaking because the operator's going, Are you there? Hold on. Hold. The police are literally around the court. Hold on. Can you hear me? Can you hear... And she died. I mean, that's what's so tragic about it. And in New Zealand, you don't expect, do you, to go into a mosque to do your prayers and have the doors thrown open and somebody's there with a gun mowing down children. I can't think of, of anything that I would like to do to this person who is in custody. We think there's other people as well. They found a bomb in a car, and that's what we know so far, and they just mow down children. I personally would string you up myself. But that, of course, wouldn't be right, would it? In this country, we'd probably get a house and a car. Ridiculous. It's dreadful. We don't know how... I'm, I'm, I'm dreading hearing the latest from New Zealand, which we will hear very shortly on the programme this morning, because we're actually, I mean, as I say, I, th I thought we were coming in for a nice, you know, let's have a few laughs and a, and a bit of a smile and everything else and take the mickey out of the Scottish boy. And we can't do that. We can't do that. Because there's people who are coming to terms in New Zealand with the fact that their family might have all been wiped out. We don't know. Uh, also, some of the other stories which are running today which we will get round. i'm tr going to try and get round to as many things as i possibly can but with our mind firmly on new zealand uh, gordon ramsay makes an appearance on james corden's show 30 swear words they have to bleep out 30 swear words also support floods in for the ex-footballer paul merson who seems to have turned a television program into a one-man crusade about him and he's been to rehab Mind you, many of you could be going because there could be a KFC panic on again. Remember the people before who couldn't get KFC? They're obviously so addicted to it uh, because they couldn't get the stuff through. Well, they've just lost the people who are delivering their chicken. It's going to go to um, Breadvest or something. I can't remember what they're called. Is it Bidvest? So uh, the, there might be panics there trying to get the... Well, I mean, you're probably going to melt down over that one. Some people can't, uh, can't resist it. But the other story... and. <laughs> There is a couldn't believe it either. Even the producer expressed incredulity. An eight-year-old girl, an eight-year-old girl, 
told a police officer she'd stab him through the heart. She was holding a knife at the time. An eight-year-old girl. That's the state we're in at the moment. And they think you can stop knife crime by the mayor appearing on a television or a radio programme or in a newspaper. You'll never stop it. You could put up the death penalty for knife crime. It wouldn't make any difference. If an eight-year-old girl tells a police officer she'll stab him through the heart. She's got a, she took a knife to school. I mean, how thick does she have to be? What sort of family do these people come from? We had an 11-year-old boy the other day walking down the street holding a knife at 11 years old. I mean, God, what's the world coming to? Well, we know what it's coming to. We've seen the Jeremy Kyle show. That's it. That's the future. That's what's going to happen. All this pond life with no teeth and tattoos all the way over their faces. That's where these, these families come from. You know, every time you see the police out on an estate... What are they surrounded by? They're surrounded by kids mouthing off and shouting obscenities at them. People spitting at the police officers. Good God, in my day, makes me sound really quite old, you respect... If if a police officer told you off, you were told off. There was a guy on the television the other day, I think it's called 24 Hours in Custody or something like that, and this was a bloke, a 15, who'd raped a girl and smirked during the interview. Smirked. And the police officer said, you would be hard-pushed not to stand up and lay them out and go, you destroyed this person's life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just absolutely terrible. People get away with absolute murder in this country. I'm hoping because there is somebody in custody in New Zealand. But they won't care. They don't have a death penalty in New Zealand, as far as I'm aware. So w- w- what actually happens? You can actually kill... Well, look at Sweden. Look at Sweden, the man who goes onto an island and massacres in, in Norway. And as Breivik, and, and massacres all these children. And he stands in court smiling, chatting away. I'm thinking, have I lost the plot here somewhere? The answer is I don't think I have. Plus, Countdown's Rachel Riley, who I think might be appearing with Nick Ferrari this morning, to talk about the abuse that she's faced for speaking out about alleged anti-Semitism within the Labour Party. She'll be telling Nick about that a little bit later. Uh, plus, a cracking view if you've got a caravan up in, uh, I think it's up in uh, North Yorkshire. They're on, they're on the coast. It's lovely. Unfortunately, the coast is disappearing. And half the caravans have disappeared already. They're worth about 45 grand. It's one of those big caravan parks. And, uh, and people are saying, well, it's our life here. You go, well, it won't be if you don't get out. You're going to disappear over the edge of a cliff. There's tons of it which are disappearing every day. God, what a morning. Honestly, what a day to go into the blooming weekend. What a day to go into Friday. It's absolutely pouring down outside. It's miserable. It's cold. It's wet. I think I tweeted about the fact, what a a way to start the day. Rain. And then this. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? But we will, if you have just woken up. Uh, A slightly different programme this morning. We'll try and weave in all the other things as well. But it's that tragedy in New Zealand which will keep you up to date with. We're waiting for a a police conference to go ahead and you'll hear it live on LBC. And uh, all they're saying is a number of deaths at two mosques in Christchurch. That's all they're saying, a number of deaths. How many, we don't know. We'll let you know first on LBC. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC. I'm with you through till seven. And if you've just woken up, the news is they've had the biggest tragedy in New Zealand that they've ever experienced. A number of deaths. They're not saying how many at the moment. At two mosques in the city of Christchurch in New Zealand. Uh, earlier on, the Prime Minister, Jacinda... Erden made this response. Presently, the police do have uh, one suspect in custody. However, there could be uh, others involved. 
Uh, also, there are multiple scenes uh, involved in this incident uh, as well, uh, and police will be giving more details as they can as the situation unfolds. Uh, whilst I cannot give any confirmation at this stage around uh, fatalities and casualties, what I can say is that it is clear that this is one of New Zealand's darkest days. Clearly what has happened here is an extraordinary and unprecedented act of violence. Many of those who will have been directly affected by the shooting uh, may be migrants to New Zealand. They may even be refugees here. They have chosen to make New Zealand their home and it is their home. They are us. The person who has perpetuated this violence against us is not. They have no place in New Zealand. There is no place in New Zealand for such acts of extreme and unprecedented violence, which is, it is clear this act was. For now, my thoughts, and I'm sure the thoughts of all New Zealanders, are with those who have been affected and also with their families. My thoughts also to those in Christchurch who are still dealing with an unfolding situation. The advice from police continues to be that um, people remain indoors. I acknowledge uh, that that may mean that some families are separated, but please continue uh, to listen out for uh, information as it comes to light that's been directly provided by the New Zealand police with further information. But as I say, they please remain in lockdown. We are potentially still dealing with an evolving situation, again, as I say, across multiple sites. Please be assured, though, the police um, are actively managing the situation. Uh, Christchurch Hospital is dedicated uh, to treating those who are arriving at the hospital um, as we speak uh, as well. As soon as I leave here, I will be returning um, directly uh, on a, a King Air flight to Wellington. Agencies are already convening in Wellington. I will be looking to meet with them as soon as I land. It's my expectation that once I arrive and have been briefed, uh, I uh, intend uh, to speak again publicly after that point. I'm happy to take questions. Uh, look, it's only a matter of a few hours ago, of course, that I was um, uh, advised of the uh, situation and that it was an evolving situation. Uh, again, uh, public reporting took place not too long after events began unfolding. Um, but as to the precise details, um, at, at this stage I'll wait until I have uh, a bit more of uh, precision from a briefing um, directly from the police when I arrive in Wellington. At the moment, the police, uh, although they uh, have stated that they have one offender in custody, they have advised that there may be other offenders. Uh, they are dealing with multiple scenes as well, so I can confirm that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not currently in a position um, to confirm uh, the number of deaths or injuries, but I have to acknowledge people can see uh, images live from Christchurch. It will be obvious to them that this is a significant event, uh, and I can tell you now this uh, is and will be one of New Zealand's darkest days. What do we know about the offender, if anything? Is there any confirmation around age, ethnicity or even nationality? Uh, 
I'm not in a position to uh, give those details at this stage. Um, police, as I say, have um, apprehended someone. They are in custody as we speak, but I'm simply not in a position to give details uh, around that individual, um, that suspect at hand. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not in a position to give any further detail about the individual that's currently in police custody. At this stage, the police are um, continuing to advise uh, those who are in the area to remain indoors. They have said that they could be dealing with other offenders. That's why they, of course, are taking the approach of ensuring people's safety. Uh, and so until uh, people hear otherwise, they ask that they listen to the advice they're being given directly by the New Zealand police. The nature of the crime, would you describe it as a hate crime? I would describe it as an unprecedented act of violence, an act that has absolutely no place in New Zealand. This is not who we are. Are you able to expand on why, any, any reason as to why it may have occurred? Is there any indication about that? Well, certainly um, it uh, has occurred in a place where people should have been expressing their religious freedom. Let me just interrupt the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, because the uh, police chief uh, over in New Zealand is speaking now. This is and Mike Brown. I want to ask anyone that was thinking of going to a mosque anywhere in New Zealand today not to go, to close your doors until you hear from us again. Is that it? That's what he's... We might hear more from him a little bit later on. It's such a tragedy. I mean, it, seriously, it is. We don't know. They won't tell us how many people uh, might have been either killed or injured. But estimates, estimates uh, are between 30 and 50 that's, but we don't know. It's all, it's all up in the air. We have no idea. So we'll wait until we get uh, some more confirmation on that. But the advice is don't go to your mosque today until further notice. Keep, keep your doors closed uh, because we don't know anything. They're not telling us anything about the person who's in custody. Also, they're, they're dropping hints that there could be another few people out there. Where these mad people come from, I've got no idea. You can only describe them as mad. I can't think, well, I can use ruder words which are going through my mind at the moment, I can think of, you know, what we'd like to do to them because you've destroyed people's lives. For what? For absolutely nothing. You know, I couldn't care less what happens to you in prison. They could beat the living daylights out of you if you found guilty of something. But they've got one person in custody. They work pretty quick on that one. And they think there could be another one or two out there. They've closed all of the schools uh, in Christchurch as well. This is two mosques that were targeted. I think there was a bomb in one of the cars that was out there as well. And so the police have placed all Christchurch schools on lockdown and they're urging people nearby to stay indoors. So they're 13 hours ahead of us. So they're now going... Are they going into Saturday then? They're into Saturday. So it's Friday evening where they are. So hopefully a little bit later on this morning we'll be able to uh, talk to some of the journalists over there. We've tried to put calls through, but of course... Their, their phones were on answer phone because they were obviously in bed. So we'll, we'll wait and try and catch up with them a little bit later on. But if you've just woken up and it's 25 past four, where I am, where you are, it might be a different time. But that tragedy in New Zealand, very much uppermost in our minds this morning. Uh, Lenny says, thank you. Is that's why your listening figures are good. You simply know how to adapt immediately and know the perfect tone. I, I always try to imagine what it must be like for, for people in that situation. I've never been in that situation. I don't know what it must be like, you know, to see your family mown down by some madman with a gun. I mean, I, I, I can't even begin to guess what that must be like, to see everything that you've ever 
ever worked for, and people do work for things nowadays. There's some scum out there who don't work and they can't work, and we have to put up with people like that. You know, and they generally appear on the Jeremy Kyle show again. It's those sort of programmes that sort of hail these people as celebrities that really makes me, you know, just despair at times. I really do. I just feel so sorry for those families over there who might have lost parents and children. There will be awful stories coming out between now and seven o'clock this morning and then throughout the day. Their, their worst tragedy. I mean, they, they just don't expect things like that. They don't expect... There are also unconfirmed reports that the person who perpetrated the crime is uh, is an outsider, that they're not from there, probably from Australia, they think, from some far-right group. What they possibly hope to achieve, I can't imagine. They've achieved nothing. They're going straight to hell. It's like, you know, the people from ISIS... And they go, oh, they all think they're going to go to heaven. No, not for you. Not for you, pond life. You're going straight to hell. You're going to burn for all eternity. That's what it is. It's just you have to come to... You have to put yourself in that position of what you think these people are going through, of what you think they must be experiencing. And when it actually comes down to it, you lay it out on the table, nothing. We have no idea at all. I can't imagine, you know, how families listening to this programme at the moment, you know, might have had a child taken away from them, might have been murdered or abducted or something like that. We don't know what that's like. We have no idea unless you've experienced it. That's what it makes me laugh. People say, oh, I know exactly. You don't know. You have no idea. Like the Madeleine McCann story. We don't know what it's like, you know, how people have had to live with these sort of things. It's awful. But when you hear about an eight-year-old girl threatening to stab a police officer in uniform through the heart because she's taken a knife to school, you begin to wonder what sort of little so-and-so she's going to turn out to be. We know what she's like now. There's also the other story in the paper today, which is terribly sad, but yet terribly uplifting. It's about a little girl who's 10 years old. She died, and they asked her parents if they could use her organs, and her parents said yes. Not all parents say yes. You know, some people don't like what they see as a violation of their child's body. But uh, that little girl, they, they said they were shown so much respect. You know, the nurse was holding her hand and everything else. Uh, she died, but she saved the lives of five other children. Five other children. And that, and you think that assures you of your place in heaven. Uh, also, this morning, uh, Downton Abbey writer Julian Fellows is back with a new costume drama. He's very clever at coming up with these things. This one's just called Belgravia. It tells you instantly what it is. It's about the people who live in the big houses of Belgravia. Also, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg turns... Thank you. Uh, 86 today. Go on, tell me who she is. I knew you wouldn't know. I'll tell you a bit later on. And uh, thieves have swiped an abbey's carpet of snowdrops. What sort of people go out and thieve things like that? What peasants do that? Also, so much for saving money. The BBC have now, um, have now taken on 300 more staff. Bit of a joke, isn't it, the BBC? Bit of a joke, you know. Can't trust them at all. But, of course, I always think it's so in- interesting... That, you know, you go there and you, they've had pictures of people asleep overnight and everything else. It's obviously a bit of a wheeze to get a job there. Plus, uh, seeing celebrities booze makes teenagers tempted to start drinking. Stand up David Beckham. Stand up Davy Boy Beckham, who's got a wife who isn't really very good on the booze, is she, at all? And uh, what was the other one that I quite... Oh, that's right, Curry's. Which magazine have pledged to stop Curry's? PC World, charging customers up to 40 quid for a laptop setup they didn't ask for. They always do that. I remember... I'm a, uh, our lovely Jackie King, who wrote to me the other day, lovely, lovely Jackie King, who was our consumer queen, and she used to have no end of trouble with curries, uh, and uh, there was a couple, Rumbelows, there was a couple of other places, where if you wrote to them, they just kind of pointedly ignored you. 
And uh, they had a thing of trying to get people to take out, um, I think it was, yes, it was curries. And quite to the other, the other ones, uh, insurance against something going wrong. And you think, no, 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 if it goes wrong, I bring it back. And you change it. It's as simple as that. They don't want to write old wheezy. Well, you better take out extra insurance. What for? Well, so that you can rip us off that way? No, no, no. The manufacturers have got their own warranties with inside the boxes. You don't need to take out anything else. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, plus, rip off Britain at Blunder Village. Tell you more about that a little bit later on. And uh, as the accountant is told she can't fly wearing a bralette, what can you wear whilst you're up there in the air? This was the big story. I thought this one would take off. People seem to like it. Uh, new pictures of Madeleine McCann playing on holiday. What that does, I've got no idea. It doesn't help us anymore. Uh, very unlikely to get it. Somebody keeps thinking in this Netflix film, which runs for about eight hours, that uh, she's going to come knocking on their door again. She doesn't know who she is. She was three years old. Why would she know? She wouldn't have the faintest idea, if indeed she's still around. Extra time for Brexit. Can we go back live to the police chief? This is the police commissioner. One at Deans Avenue. Mike Brown. And one at Linwood Avenue. Our police have those uh, locations locked down. We have four people in custody. We don't, we are not aware of other people, but we cannot assume there are not others at large. We have a number of schools in lockdown. Uh, We're currently making sure we have enough staff to saturate the area with enough equipment to ensure that when we release that lockdown, people can get home safely. We're in the process of that. It will happen very shortly. We are pouring resources uh, into that area. Every available Canterbury and uh, staff member and people nearby, other emergency services also, are saturating that area uh, with visibility to ensure that everyone who needs to get home can get so safely. We are also setting up uh, a facility as we must, because this is absolutely tragic. There will be so many people affected, so that people can get more information. They will be worried about their loved ones. Uh, We don't have the identities of those people who have died as yet, uh, because those locations are still in lockdown. But we want to make sure we set up a facility where people can phone in and get the information they need. That is an absolute priority. Our people are doing that at the moment. As you can imagine, this is requiring every police and emergency resource that we have available. We have um, Defence Force aircraft here in Wellington ready to fly more resources into the area. Uh, we'll do that from other locations nearby as well. So I want to assure the public we are doing everything we can to make sure there is no more harm uh, to their communities. As I said, I will be back to speak to you more this evening with more detail. I will open up for some questions, but it's quite possible I won't be able to help you out with any more detail, and I do have to return uh, to work to brief others. So, so sad, so, so sad. Number of deaths, four people now in custody. Mike Bush, Commissioner of the New Zealand Police. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. What a sad morning. What a sad morning. So, four people in custody in New Zealand. Three men... And a woman. And I've seen a picture of one of the men who uh, could be one of the perpetrators. And he doesn't look like your usual, you know, off your trolley kind of loony bin people. This one looks quite sad. He was he was quite calculated. The deaths, uh, they're saying at the moment, two. 
But re remember, this is split between two mosques and... Oh, God, honestly. There was one... Uh, somebody just written to me saying that they actually was... A friend of mine was at a, a kilometre away from the scene in a car going to get her son from school and, uh, and was then told to go home and wait before attempting to collect her, uh, her little boy from school. Shocking news. Shocking. I mean, it's, it's, it's blown them, you know, apart. But we think it's an ongoing situation. We're not sure that that's it. Three, three men and one woman in custody, and, uh, and they're talking to these people, but there's, there's more to come. They're saying if you're, if you're in New Zealand and you're around Christchurch, don't go to your mosque. Uh, the schools are all in lockdown. And uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date. If if the commissioner of New Zealand Police, Mike Bush, or the prime minister Jacinda Ardern uh, speak, or anybody else, then we will we will bring you that that news first on LBC. And of course, many many kids were out today because uh, they were they were doing that climate change protest. So there were loads of people out there. So we don't know. Many of our kids here will be doing exactly the same later on today. So you'll hear it first on LBC. Sad, sad day. Sad, sad day. You don't expect it, do you? Well, I say we don't expect it. We kind of do expect it. But you just don't want to hear about it. So, you know, one woman, what sort of... Th oh, God, I can't, I'm not allowed to use words. I get myself into trouble. They'll, they'll be pushing buttons on me all over the place if I use the language which I want to use. And uh, they're white. They're white people. They're white people. White. We think Australians. We're not too sure, actually. Martin, there is no death penalty in New Zealand. Uh, but the, the, these are these are white people, disturbed individuals, says Andy. I would I would like to say that yes, they are disturbed. What what's so sad about them is that they think they represent the majority in their view. They're actually they're they're, they're just pond life. They're not represented by anybody at all. Who could actually go out there and, and open fire on children? An open fire on children. I find it bad enough that people could sort of. We've had uh, cases, haven't we, on the internet where somebody's got out of the car and smacked a woman in the face. What sort of person goes out and does that? Pond life. Pond life. Drew says, I've got family and friends in New Zealand. Lived there for four years. It's a wonderful, beautiful city. People of New Zealand are so welcoming and friendly. Not been able to contact my friends in Christchurch, but my heart goes out to them. And then Julie says, what's going on with the world? <laughs> Don't ask me. I sit here every morning, have to see things that I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be seeing. I didn't come into the business to start sort of talking about horrors and tragedies that, that occur throughout the world. I can understand... A tsunami. I can understand an earthquake. I can understand a volcano. I can't understand these woof, chronically awful people who will go out there and just indiscriminately shoot at people for no reason. For no reason. You want to hang them very, very, very slowly to really make them suffer. You really do. Because, but nothing would ever make any difference because they're so, they're so in, sort of involved with what they think is right that they are prepared to kill people. It's just... It's just... It's just the worst. It's just the worst. It's, you know, if it happened here, it's happened in London. We've had all sorts of things happening in London. I get equally upset by things that are happening in, in London as opposed to... I've never been to New Zealand. Friends of mine have been there. They say it's lovely. They say it's lovely. They weren't expecting this. Four people. Four people. But as, as Andy says, they, they think they represent... They represent nobody apart from their tiny, screwed-up little minds. Dreadful. Craig says many swear words I want to say. Strange not to, to hear them. However, he says, you do do an amazing job, but I'm very angry. Very, very angry. I'm, I'm angry and upset at the same time. You know, it's just, it's just dreadful. It really is. Uh, so to all in Christchurch, much love, says Julie. I think that's all we can, we can do, isn't it? Until we get the latest updates. I don't want to be reading anything else 
that's coming out of this. I don't want to read of a bomb going off, but, you know, they, 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 these sort of people are sick. Mind you, I think they've, they've... The New Zealand police, you have to take your hat off to them. By God, they work bloody hard. Although, admittedly, the man of the photo that I saw, he posted this hours ago, and uh, he, he wanted people to watch. Yes, there is... There is a live... He did a live stream of it. Take Take my advice. Don't watch it. You know... Producer's seen a bit of it. He's been deeply affected. Mind you, we've had a terrible hour and a half. Terrible hour and a half. I don't like doing things like this. I know we have to do it, but I don't I don't like it. I don't know how to deal with that sort of people. It was, you know, when I heard about Louis Tomlinson's sister uh, dying from a suspected heart attack, I went into, you know, again, he only lost his mum a couple of years ago. Now he's lost his sister. She was only 18. She was a designer. And you think, how do you deal with things like that? Well, the answer is we all do. Some people deal with it better. Some people don't deal with it at all. I'm, I like to think that I'm reasonably good at dealing with things, but sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm not. Carl says, well done, uh, Steve, and to Nick before for taking the right turn for this horrible news. Both the credit. It's what we're paid to do, though, isn't it? That's what we get paid to do. There's no, sort of, there's, no, there's no credit due to anybody at all. Somebody says, this is what's happened. It's my job to tell you what the latest situation is. And all I can say is there's a number of deaths. If you just turn on the radio, this is at two mosques in the city of Christchurch in New Zealand. The Prime Minister, Jacinda uh, Arden, has already uh, spoken. These, these people, she said, in a quite measured voice, uh, aren't welcome in New Zealand. The Commissioner of New Zealand Police, Mike Bush... He's given a couple of conferences so far. He'll be coming back later on once he's briefed his men. And he said, we, we, we can fly more police officers in. They have them on standby to fly in. And uh, they've got three, four people in custody, three men and a woman. That's fast. That's fast movement. But uh, we'll, we'll bring you up to date with uh, the, the changing situation. All the schools, incidentally, in Christchurch are on lockdown. Lenny Manchester says, my heart goes out to New Zealand. I'm... In, I'm I don't think we, we can ever imagine, can we, what it must be like when you might have to go and identify a member of your family. It's the thing that always upsets me. Now, of course, as that only came in in the last uh, hour and a half, none of the papers uh, are covering it. Uh, instead, they're, they're going with, in fact, um, sort of the story that I thought would run from yesterday. And I was quite right because I couldn't believe that Lord Steele, obviously uh, quite a few sandwiches short of a picnic, uh, knew all about the crimes of serial paedophile MP Cyril Smith, because he told him and he decided to keep quiet about it. And then recommended Cyril Smith for a knighthood. Well, it would have been so much easier if Lord Steele had engaged his brain to maybe save some of the children who were abused by Cyril Smith. If you remember, Cyril Smith was arrested on a few occasions, taken to the police station, and word came down from on high, on high, wherever that is, uh, to release him. The police were so frustrated and Lord Steele could have said something years and years ago. Said nothing. Nothing. Not a peanut. Not a peanut. And that uh, that makes the paper. So now they, they've suspended him. Good. Good. I don't quite understand where his brain was. I mean, you know, p people are sort of saying, I mean, sources confirmed he will be suspended from the party today. He should be kicked out of the party. Absolutely kicked out of the party. Ridiculous. Uh, the Sun are going with uh, with uh, One Direction star Louis Tomlinson's sister, uh, who's died at the age of 18. Uh, Chris Kamara. I don't know who Chris Kamara is, but I think I've heard of him. He's, he's, he's a football punditry person. He thinks he's funny, does he? Well, he is, I suppose. He's, he's going to bring out an album at Christmas. Going to do a swing album. I get a kick out of you. Sunny's side off the street. It had to be Man U. I've got you under my shin pads and rangers in the night. 
uh, whether or not, you know, that's the kind of thing that affects you. Why do they all do it? Didn't work for Sarah Harding. And surprisingly, Rita Ora's got a mother. I say not surprisingly, because she's posing in the, in the papers in a swimming costume, just months after telling her daughter to stop taking her kit off. Oh dear, honestly, nothing worse than that, as I say, that stench of desperation. Ooh, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, we don't want to look at you at all, we really don't. I'm bored with you and I'm bored with your daughter. A midwife has been awarded half the proceeds from a million-pound home she shared with her wealthy ex after a court heard he agreed to it in a pub. And for some reason, another picture of Madeleine McCann playing on a holiday kids' club. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, it doesn't solve anything. It's just sort of there. And uh, this is part of this Netflix documentary, which I think runs for ages and ages. But uh, again, it, that, again, that's, it's just going nowhere, is it? And a lucky penny that saved a World War I soldier's life by deflecting a German bullet is being sold 101 years on. What it would fetch, I've got no idea. I suppose you would have thought the family wanted to have uh, kept it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. If you have just woken up, what a sad day. Sad, sad day for the folks of Christchurch in New Zealand. They've had a, a shooting over there. We've already heard from the Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, and the Commissioner of New Zealand Police, Mike Bush, on the situation. Four people are in custody. One, uh, uh, we only know the picture of one of them. But I don't know, you know, whether or not he was somebody who perpetrated the crime. That's the picture that's been circulated within media because he, he did a live link. You could you could watch what went on. I advise you not to watch what went on. It will not be uh, nice. Producer was deeply affected by it. Uh, Grace says, uh, please warn against looking at Twitter accounts. What's wrong with people? They're sick. It's like if there's an accident on the motorway, they all slow down. People slow down to watch it. I don't know what they're expecting to see. Tanker driver Phil says, how awful. My cousin Graham's a police inspector in Christchurch. Lord knows what kind of a day he's having. Oh, dear. Uh, Somebody says, uh, I'm sorry, but isn't this an act of terrorism? Well, they keep saying it's an act of violence. I mean, I would probably say it was an act of terrorism. These These are white supremacists, I see it as. And they've gone in there protesting in their own tiny, pathetic little way. Uh, and as opposed to just protesting using their mouths because they can't speak half of them, they decide to open fire. But whether it's finished or not, I don't know. Whether it's finished, I mean, I think the New Zealand police have worked really fast, really fast to get uh, four people into custody. Sandy says, uh, here in Harwich, off today on the ferry to Holland for six days. Hope it's quieter for you over there. Hope the crossing's not too bumpy. It's a little breezy here. Visiting Delft, a Betty Boop restaurant there in Amsterdam, Rotterdam and Gouda to see how they make cheese. Same way as everybody else, I believe, except they cover it in paraffin wax, don't they? I believe so. Let's hope it's a bit, uh, a bit quieter. A lot of people talking about this, uh, this girl yesterday. This is uh, Emily O'Connor. Kicked off a Thomas Cook flight for wearing a bralette top. So they've said, I mean, basically, worst thing they've ever done. Worst thing they've ever done. They told the shaken trainee accountant from Solihull, as opposed to people thinking maybe she's a trainee glamour model. Uh, she fell foul of the airline's appropriate clothing policy. Which is a bit strange, actually, because the man in shorts... On the plane, surely that wasn't uh, policy. And so uh, the Sun's fashion editor, who's called Gabrielle, says, I can't believe the staff rounded on her and told her to cover up. I know. I was equally surprised as well. I mean, what, what on earth is the matter with them? What on earth is the matter with them? But they, they have a little quiz for you in the Sun today to try and tell you exactly what's approved and what isn't approved. I mean, I think, I mean, I see people driving cars in flip-flops. Most dangerous thing you can ever drive in. But they do. I'm afraid, because you can get the, the thing wedged and you could just get yourself hooked onto the accelerator and you can have all sorts of problems. Uh, the other big problem for you is uh, uh, a school head 
with more than 30 years' experience, has been banned from teaching for what? For two years, for letting her pupils cheat. I mean, what is the point of doing exams? Kim Wilde allowed pupils to alter SATs exam papers when she was collecting them in. She was a teacher at a primary school in Devon from 1983, became head in 92. And uh, after anonymous tip-off to exam chiefs who conducted an investigation, she admitted unacceptable conduct. What a stupid person you are. Kim Wilde, not the we're the kids in America one. This is, this is the head teacher. Although this one's 61. I don't know how old Kim Wilde is. She might actually be around, uh, around that, that sort of age. But uh, fancy doing that. I mean, what a stupid woman. 58, is she? We're the kids in America. Whoa. And, of course, she's now a gardener. Does a lot with gardening. KFC fans fear another chicken shortage. What did they ask them? Hello, do you fear a chicken shortage? Oh, yes, 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 I must have done. Because uh, DHL have quit as their main supplier. From Monday, the finger-licking good food will uh, again be delivered by Bidfest. Last year's chaos, if you remember, was caused by a switch from Bidfest, now Best Food Logistics, to DHL. DHL were fed up with being blamed and it didn't rebid after Best Food said it could deliver a cage of chickens for 22 quid compared to £24.50. God, that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? That's what it comes down to. You watch, I'm telling you. Come Brexit in two years' time, uh, I should imagine there'll be a shortage of Kentucky Fried Chicken. They'll all close down. And notice, a travel shop in Twickenham appeared not to be there the other day. I was looking at it going, I'm sure there was a travel shop there. Now, whether it's closed down for refurbishment, I have no idea. Uh, watching boozing celebs uh, tempts teens into drinking. Stars including David Intelligent Beckham, Mila Kunis and Jean-Claude Van Damme, Van Damme all plug alcohol. And so they ask loads of people, 11 to 19-year-olds, you know, were you impressed by it? And, of course, watching David Beckham, but we've seen him a bit tiddled, haven't we? Certainly seen her a bit tiddled. Oh, my God. She's had to be carried out of restaurants before now. It's all a bit embarrassing. And Dave will do anything for the proverbial shilling. So he's sort of uh, flogging, uh, flogging his own his own whiskey. You can imagine Dave will have two and go, oh, really drunk? You can imagine it, can't you? But this girl aged eight pulled a nine-inch knife in her primary school, aged eight, and then told a cop, I'll stab you through the heart. She'd smuggled the blade into class in her bag and refused to drop it when asked by her teacher. An eight-year-old girl. Police community support officer Matt Murphy confronted the child after the classroom had been evacuated. She threatened to stab him. She was then disarmed. I mean, <laughs> can't believe it. He tweeted an image that says, only, took, uh, only last week an eight-year-old took this knife into school and made threats. When I arrived, told me they would stab me in the heart. So this week, we're educating people about the danger. You don't need to educate us about the danger of knives. You don't need to be patronising about it. You just need to take this eight-year-old and put her in prison. Because quite clearly she comes from one of the stupidest families around. North Yorkshire Police confirmed the officer attended the incident. And uh, they said it was brought to a safe, a safe conclusion. Surprisingly, surprisingly, the girl is now receiving appropriate support. Really? Well, for taking a knife and threatening to... At eight years old? I'll tell you, if that had been me, I'd been a bloody good slap round the back of your legs. Taking into a knife. The school, which can't be named for legal reasons, says it promotes values. Well, obviously, she's fallen through the blooming radar. What do we do with people like that? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think there's any sort of... There's no answer to an eight-year-old threatening to stab somebody. Obviously, a mouthy little so-and-so. Obviously, trainee for the Jeremy Kyle show in the future. Uh, Steve, I feel very sorry, says Wendy, for the people of Christchurch. But their real tragedy was the 2011 earthquake, where 180 were killed. 
and thousands injured. Mass killings are horrendous, just like the Manchester one and the French concert hall shooting. Let's hope the New Zealand police catch all involved. Well, they've got four already. They've got four already. I mean, that's that's fast moving. Mainly because one of them, stupidly, because he was a bit thick, put himself up on the internet so you can see him. And uh, he obviously thinks he's really clever. Still can't see, Steve, why they're treating this tragic event as a major terrorist incident where it looks like a few white misfits have killed two people. Whilst it's sad, people are murdered in London every day. Well, they, they were shoot- we're now saying it could be up to 27 people. So it kind, of, uh, kind of puts your argument way back in the shade, doesn't it? 27 people, not two. Up to 27 now. I said, didn't I, between 30 and 50. They haven't finished yet. So there could be up to 27 people. Either way... You don't want to be there. You can't ever sort of belittle anything like this. Somewhere where you're in, somewhere. Imagine being, you know, in church at Christmas and the doors are flung open and somebody's got a gun and they don't even ask anything. They just start shooting. You know, it's a major incident over there. Major incident. Uh, Downton Abbey writer Julian Fellows back with a costume drama. This is Belgravia. I think it'll do very well. Philip, Philip Glenister's in it. Oh, fantastic. Which is, which is good. And also Dame Harriet Walter. How lovely. He's very clever, you know. He's a very clever boy. Both of them, actually. All of them. They're all marvellous. Uh, will it ever end? The Prime Minister set to beg for a delay until June the 30th. This is uh, the, amendum, uh, the amendment, sorry, and this. And then we vote again, and then we go back in here, and then we do this again, and then we vote there, and then we put our hands up, and then we go to the toilet, and then we come back. And it's still going on. It just doesn't, uh, it doesn't stop at all, does it? Uh, Rachel's Twitter abuse ordeal. Hopefully she's going to be with uh, Nick Ferrari this morning. She's lovely, is Rachel Riley. This is the abuse she's received. But there again, you always get trolls, don't you? People who should be taken out and publicly flogged, I think. Many years ago, Steve, I worked for Monarch Airlines and on the Ibiza and me uh, Yorker flights, half the passengers boarded semi-naked. No complaints from anybody then, says Ron. No, they're probably drunk as well at the same time. People can't wait to drink on an aircraft. I don't know why they go, we're on holiday, so we drink. Everywhere you go, drink. It's like, you know, the Rovers return in Coronation Street and uh, the Queen Vic both promote drinking. It's the drinking culture. And yet, you know, strictly speaking, by now, the Rovers return should have closed down. So many pubs do. I mean, I I can't imagine, you know, uh, how many pubs there are in London that have closed down in the past year. You know, don't don't, uh, compare that load of rubbish to Pond Life. Pond Life's wonderful and so good for the world, says Carol. Don't even joke about it, Carol. Don't even joke about it. You make jokes about something like that, it makes you sick. Makes you sick. Steve, you'll know it's an act of terrorism if when Mrs May wakens, she proclaims that the UK stands shoulder to shoulder with New Zealand in the fight against terrorism. When the man murdered people in Las Vegas, there was no such proclamation made to Trump, says Donald. Uh, The broody celebrity in all the papers today. I don't know, the, the, the picture's looking remarkably like somebody we all know. Uh, This person has admitted preferring to get pregnant through an anonymous sperm donor rather than enduring another relationship with a man. She can't be named for legal reasons. What legal reasons? What sort of woman has baby? Is that a legal reason now? It's like, you know, they they sort of discover some some child who's committed some heinous act and they go, can't be named for legal reasons. And you think, (laughs) God, you give up, don't you? Plus, Corrie favourite Gemma Winter and screen brother Paul uh, apparently survived the latest disaster to hit the, uh, the street. So, uh, you know, start working it out who you think's going. Uh, Samantha says, I've given up trying to get back to sleep. Thank God for the Steve Allen show. I agree. I agree. It's just not the best news we want to hear, is it, today? We don't want to hear this kind of thing. I don't like to think that people's, you know, we we just go, oh, what a dreadful weekend. It's raining. And they go, what a dreadful weekend. People are dead. 
And you have to try and get it into, into context. Steve, people driving in flip-flops is indeed dangerous. How about women who drive in four or six-inch heels? Dumbest thing imaginable, says Jim. My mother used to take her heels off driving and had flat shoes in the car for driving. I'm assuming that's what most people did. But uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, the first officer on the scene of the great train robbery has died, aged 83. Keith Milner spent nine months investigating the case as the detective in charge of exhibits. Uh, his uh, work helped as most of the gang were convicted. He was a widower, lived in Oxen, headed a special branch in a 30-year career. There's a, there's a person you'd love to have sat down and talked to about, you know, all sorts of exciting things. Uh, and then how embarrassing... How embarrassing. The villagers expecting to meet Fern Britain. We'll tell you about that in the next part of the programme. Plus, with the uh, the tragedy in New Zealand, we'll keep you up to date with everything going on over in Christchurch. Uh, so far, four... It hasn't changed. Still four in custody. Three men and a woman. Two mosques were targeted. We think 27 people might have died. It could be more. We don't know. It was... Listen, when you think how fast it's changing, it was less than 20 minutes ago, we said two now we're up to 27. We'll wait and see. Hopefully the uh, the police chief over there, the commissioner of New Zealand Police, Mike Bush, will give another statement very shortly. They're actually trying to deal with it. They're up, they appear to be on top of it. But at the moment, don't go to the mosque. Don't go to school. Stay in. Lock your front doors. It's as simple as that. They don't know how big this thing could go. You'll hear it first on LBC. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every Friday, the 15th of March. What a sad, sad day. What a sad, sad day. This is over in New Zealand. If you've just woken up, uh, we think one or two gunmen have opened fire on two mosques in Christchurch. Uh, we think up to 27 people could have lost their lives. It was only half an hour ago we were talking about two people. Now we're talking about maybe 27, and we're not even sure if that's the final total. We've already heard from the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, and Mike Bush, the Commissioner of the New Zealand Police, who we're hoping to hear from again in this part of the programme. He's had to um, rebrief his officers. They've, as I say, they managed to get four people into custody already. Three men and a woman. Three men and a woman, and we're not even sure if it's finished. We're not even sure, but you'll hear it first on LBC. We'll bring you up to date with all of it. I'm hearing from loads of people who've uh, moved over to New Zealand. I didn't think there were so many people. Over. Isn't that funny? A friend of mine went over there a, a short while ago, and she said, the one thing you remember about New Zealand, it rains. It rains a lot, but it's beautiful. But it's so, it's so different from anywhere else that you've ever been before. The people are very friendly. Joan says, my cousin moved from Auckland to Christchurch to look after one of her daughter's children after school. She's not on the internet, so I don't know what's going on. Even in quiet New Zealand, nobody's safe. And it's the last place you would think of, is it? You never think, oh, New Zealand. Somebody would go there. We think that the one of the people that they've arrested is from Australia. And uh, yes, they're white, just in case people were wondering about that. Uh, do we have his name? Yes, we have a name. We're not sure about the other, the other three people. And the will be the Commissioner of the New Zealand Police, Mike Bush, giving another statement very, very shortly, and you'll hear it first on, on LBC. But at the moment, the, uh, the events are exactly the same as they were, apart from the number of deaths. And uh, I was saying earlier on, I'd heard between 30 and 50. Uh, if you discover this, this live streaming on the internet, I beg you not to watch it. I know that probably makes it sound even worse than tempt certain people listening to go, oh, I'll watch it. You, you don't really want to watch it. You don't really want to watch things like that. It's not very nice at all. Uh, other stories which we're doing uh, this morning on the programme, uh, which sort of take uh, a, a, a bit of a, a second 
a second level on the programme. Wills and Harry go their separate ways. That's, that's nothing to worry about. It's just that what they've done is they've split up their staff so that uh, Harry and uh, and his wife will have their staff based at Buckingham Palace and uh, Wills and Kate will have their staff based somewhere else. And so that's what they're doing. It, it's sort of it's, it's widening the gap. They obviously quite clearly can't can't get on at all. David Steele, as I almost predicted yesterday, suspended from the Lib Dems for admitting he knew about Cyril Smith's abuse. Cyril Smith told him, he told us, that he'd been abusing boys. I mean, I don't know what sort of relationship they had. Why would you tell somebody that if you were doing that? And then he didn't do anything, David Steele. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I think he's a lord, isn't he? He's a Lord Steele. But, of course, if, if you're in the government, you get that as part of the cause. You get that in a bag of jelly babies. So would you like to be a sir or a lord or something like that, being a total failure? No. And so he's now been suspended from the Lib Dems. Can we now take his lordship away from him? Because he could have actually said something to somebody and saved boys being abused by Cyril Smith. What was even worse was that he put forward Cyril Smith's name for a knighthood. I mean, they don't come any more stupid, do they? Also, um, I'll tell you about the school held to ransom after hackers stole coursework and the rail chaos firm. They've got a record five million pound fine. I mean, you know, we're hearing that all the time, aren't we? You know, dreadful. Uh, And uh, the other one, the 86,000 pound charity fraudster who invented cancer, which, of course, she didn't have. Well, let's go back to this morning's dreadful news from Christchurch in New Zealand. We can hear now from two men who were actually inside one of the mosques targeted in what we presume is a terrorist attack. These men are called uh, Ramzan, but first, Farid Ahmed. When the shooting started, people started rushing out, running out, and the door was closed, and and the guard turned on them and started shooting them. So I knew I had no chance. There was a bench, I just lied down on my half-body under the bench. And my legs are out, and pretending to stop my breath. And he changed magazines seven times. And I start bang, 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 and then when the bullets finish, then he starts changing the magazine, and then again. So the, the mosque is in about few compartments. So he went to all different compartments, and he shoot everyone. I was in the, uh, you know, side room, one of the side room. And then, you know, uh, the uh, imam, you know, he started his sermon. And then suddenly, you know, we heard uh, uh, the shooting. And then, you know, uh, people were running out. I saw some people, uh, they were uh, running out through the room I was in. And then, you know, when I saw blood, then I was confirmed that it was actually shooting. That was Ramzan. He was uh, actually inside one of the mosques. And uh, first you heard Farid Ahmed. But what, what you probably don't know is how mosques are set out inside. So there's lots of different rooms that somebody can go from room to room to room. And that's exactly what he did. That's why. That's why. But I'm, I'm praying it's not true. The, the death toll could go higher. The moment they're saying 27. Originally they were saying two. Shane is in uh, Sydney. Says my heart goes out to our neighbours in New Zealand. It's, it's just not the kind of thing that you want to hear, is it? I don't want to hear it any time. My heart drops immediately. You hear a tragedy like this and you hear what's gone on and your heart goes out to these people, some of whom, they're just going in, they're just going in to pray, not going in there to, to do anything else apart from pray. And that's it. And then somebody can open fire on them without any, without any thoughts for their families, without any thoughts for anything, and can blast women and children. 
as well as men. They're not even discriminatory. They're just, it's everybody. And you think, you know, always in cases like that. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm quite surprised that the New Zealand police have actually got four people in custody. But then we had Brandis Yarra, didn't we? And I forget how many people he murdered. It was about 70, wasn't it, I think? It was it's certainly an awful Standing in court in Norway, smiling, chatting with his brief. And I'm thinking, he killed 69 people. And his brave, 69 people. And didn't appear to have a care in that we couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. You know, it's, it's so, so awful. But all the schools in Christchurch are now on lockdown. Everything. And they've said to people over there, because this is going out on their radio as well, you know, don't, don't go to your mosque. Don't go to your mosque. Stay in. Wait till we actually tell you that it's, that it's safe to go there. So hopefully we'll be hearing again from the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinta Ardern, and the Commissioner of New Zealand Police, uh, Mike Bush, who's got a lot to deal with at the moment, but they, they appear to be coping with it, but we don't know if this is the finish. I would hate to actually... I really don't want to bring you the news if it starts again, you know, that something's got... They did find a bomb in a car, I believe. You know, so it could have been possibly a number of cars with bombs. We don't know. That's how vague it is. You know, we're trying to get as much news as possible. And what we'll do, hopefully, because when, when we tried earlier on, obviously all the journalists were asleep over there and their phones were on answer phone because they were obviously, they were either asleep or they were really, really busy. So after six o'clock, when we're on a more decent time for them, we'll, we'll try and get some journalists on to bring us uh, the latest. And if you've got friends and family, I hope that you've managed to, uh, to get in contact with them and they're, and they're safe and they're OK. Because that's the worst thing, isn't it? You hear about something that's happened in, a, in another country and you think that, that's your first thought. You know, you might have relatives who've gone out. There are people who live there. In which case, you know, I should imagine people will be bombarding the New Zealand embassy with, uh, with sort of trying to get calls through. And if all the lines are busy, you can't get calls through, which makes you even more frustrated. But uh, they're just saying that's the official line, a number of deaths at two mosques in the city of Christchurch. And they're working you know, just as fast as they possibly can. Some of the other stories which are running... Um, oh, I, 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 I almost feel guilty bringing you a light-hearted story, but I feel I need to do it for my own sanity. I feel I need to do it before I get myself into this quagmire. This is Villagers, uh, in a lovely little village, uh, which, is, uh, which is out in the sticks, Felton Village Hall in Winford, in Somerset, and they thought they were going to get Fern Britain for a talk, which, of course, would be wonderful because we love Fern and we love Phil. And uh, so they, they, they packed out the village hall and they're all waiting there expectantly. And what did they get? Emma Britton, who nobody's ever heard of. Emma Britton is apparently uh, from a local BBC station, BBC Radio Bristol. And, uh, and she went down there. And so when she arrived, everybody sort of going, oh, so we, th- we thought it was Fern Britton, because everybody loves Fern Britton. Nobody really cares about local DJ Emma we don't even know what sort of show she's got. Oh, she's not friends with Will Guy, is she? Oh, God, she would be, honestly. Let's hope he's not up this morning. <laughs> Actually, it was so strange. I was thinking of something the other day. Somebody said to me, they said, oh, you know, you, you, you've, I think they, they wrote a piece about, you know, four, 40 years in radio, and, uh, and uh, Steve sort of takes the mickey, sort of, out of celebrities. And I suddenly realised I was doing it years ago when Samantha Fox, because she was on the television the other day on Top of the Pops, singing Touch Me, I Want Your Body or something. And um, and and I, I I did a piece on her, and I think her grandmother wrote in, and then I bumped into her at BFBS, and she said, uh, "You slag me off." 
didn't talk like that at all. I just made that up to make it sound more interesting. And she said, my gran told me and all the rest of it. <laughs> and so I remember thinking, but I've been doing that for years then. Even when... But she was on top of the pops. That was the reason I meant to tell you. With ripped jeans. Whereas I thought it was only recently we had ripped jeans. Anyway, just going back to poor local DJ, Emma Britton. Uh, there was a misprint in the Village magazine. Everybody thought it was Fern Britain. Anyway, she said, I think I got away with it. Well, you didn't. I'm sorry, they, they, weren't, they weren't there to see you. If, if it put in there, you could go and see Emma Britton, nobody would turn up. Nobody. It's BBC Radio Bristol. It's very sweet, but it, it just doesn't, uh, doesn't work. You know, they were looking forward to seeing Fern. It will probably now have to do something, I should imagine. Uh, thank you. Incidentally, I have a lot of cards to open on Sunday as I celebrate 42. Stop it. Uh, Jimmy in West Lancashire says, I feel the world is going to hell on a handcart. Killings in Christchurch. And then a child of eight taking a knife to school. I agree, a slap. What a ghastly child she must be. But then, do we blame the parents or do we blame the media for telling peop- people about knife crime and stuff like that? The worst thing was that they, they evacuated the class. She's an eight-year-old child. She's a little child. She doesn't have the intelligence to know about knife crime. And a police officer comes in and uh, she threatens to stab him in the stomach. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, if you really thought it was that dangerous, you'd have you'd have tasered her. You know, you can't have eight year olds going around saying they're going to knife a police officer in the stomach. Where's the respect? If she doesn't have any respect for police officers, she's got no respect for anybody, least of all herself. Villas says, I feel very sorry to hear the sad news. My heart goes out to everybody over there in Christchurch, even the police and everybody concerned. And you're doing a good job. I'm trying to sort of raise my spirits. I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working, because I I discovered this other story again, which sort of got me thinking about life, because you do think about it. When I heard about Louis Tomlinson's sister who's had a cardiac arrest and died at the age of 18, I think, well, I've actually not done too bad. If you're listening to this programme now, you've not done too bad as well, you know. Steve, a sad day, says Paul. You mentioned the gunman's live fee. Can't the experts shut it down? Well, in theory, yes. I mean, they should have taken it off. I mean, you know, I don't want to kick ass, but I'm telling you, they should have taken it off. That should not be available to be seen by anybody at all. That's just sick. That's sick. Although on YouTube, I discovered something else earlier on. A woman being stoned to death in Afghanistan. Which is where they bury them up to their, up to their necks so they can't move. And then they just stone them to death. And that's on YouTube. What in God's name is going on with that one? So I agree with you, Paul. They, they, they should have closed it down because you will get sick, sick people who want to go and watch things like that. And believe you me, you don't. I mean, all of these, these people, they have a responsibility. They have a responsibility. Be like me, me telling you about how children died in certain murder cases. You wouldn't hear that on the radio. You wouldn't hear that on the radio. You don't want to hear about that kind of thing. I don't want to bring it to you. I really don't. Tony in Bristol says, Emma Britton's a good friend of mine. She's a well-loved radio presenter in Bristol. I think you've said it. Bristol. It kind of sums it up, doesn't it, really? She was a travel girl when I first met her. Oh, she has moved up. Travel girl one minute, and now radio presenter. <laughs> travel girl. I always laugh when I say travel girls. <laughs> yes, my, my, my producer was a travel boy. And Scottish boy was... Um, well, anyway, he was Scottish. And uh, she's apparently grown into a wonderful presenter. Well, who's that? Who's she grown into? I didn't really like the sound. That sounds like V. Do you remember V? Where they? Did you remember when I first started watching V? It was people, and they peeled back their their human skin, and there was a lizard underneath. And when you say she's sort of grown into a wonderful presenter, with a, well, she's fairly ancient, isn't she? I mean, I looked at a picture of her. She's not in her twenties, put it that way, with a wicked sense of humour and love for her community. 
Well, they didn't want to see her in this hall. They wanted Fern. I'm not, go- I'm not going to start arguing the toss on that. I love the idea she was a travel girl. So, travel... Um, would you like to have a go at Big Thunder? BBC Local Bristol? You know, could work quite well, couldn't it? I mean, because we have the best travel girl here. Well, she's a woman. Woman. Joanne. In fact, I just bumped her into the... Uh, bumped her. <laughs> Makes it sound like it was her birthday. I just bumped into her in the, in the, in the, uh, the kitchen. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning. Nice to have you company. Not a nice day. I wish I could say it was a happier day. It's not just the weather. It's the events over in uh, New Zealand. And uh, we haven't got any more updates for you at the moment. We just know there's four people who have been arrested. One was the one who was streaming it live on air, which we don't want you to go and watch, but I appreciate the fact that people will want to go and watch something like that, uh, went into there were two mosques. We don't know if there's any more people. We think they found a car bomb, which obviously did not go off, but there might be others. This, I mean, this sounds like it was something that was well-planned. To me, with my, with my limited knowledge of these kind of things, this sounds like it was a well-planned operation designed to cause as much maximum disturbance as possible, but the discriminate firing which we've heard about from uh, from the Commissioner of New Zealand Police, Mike Bush, and from the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda, uh, really puts it into a new sort of context. They didn't really care whether they killed men, women, children. They just didn't care at all. But uh, I don't know what their, uh, what their uh, sort of strategy is from now. I think they're, they're, they're trying to find out as much as they can and about whether or not there is anything else that's, uh, that's going on over there. But uh, if we do hear about it, you'll hear it first. On LBC. And, yeah, they've also uh, done this lockdown. Oh, they've lifted, have they? They've lifted it around the schools. Oh, right. Oh, well, that's that's quite good. That's actually good news. So they had a lockdown on schools and now they've lifted that lockdown. So they, they obviously might be thinking, I'm forward guessing here, that they might be guessing that there isn't anybody else to find. But we're not we're not too sure. But they've lifted the lockdown on the schools. But uh, still a lockdown on the mosques as well. They've said to people, don't go to mosques. If they lift that, I'll let you know. But uh, if you've got people over there, uh, you have to persevere because apparently the lines over there are just uh, a bit a bit bogged down at the moment. Ron says, New Zealand's always thought of as a tranquil and peaceful place. Now this, how can people be so catastrophically nasty towards other humans? It's just not a case of nasty. It's a case of they don't care for fellow human beings. They don't care if they die. But then you've seen people who murder people. You've seen them on the television. You've seen people who commit the gross acts of atrocity. You've seen ISIS. I suppose you could argue that war does exactly the same thing. But in ISIS's case, they're just murdering paedophiles. When I say paedophiles, they are the paedophiles. They throw people off the top of churches. They have sex with underage girls. They're paedophiles. They're just disgusting people who will achieve nothing in this world. They certainly won't achieve anything in the next world. It's as simple as that. But one person who's gone straight to heaven is uh, is a little girl called Ella. Uh, Ella was 10. And um, it, it's amazing that this is a historic organ donation bill set to become law today with the granting of royal assent. It's known as Max and Kira's law. And uh, there's going to be an opt out system introduced where consent to donate is assumed unless otherwise stated. So in other words, they will take things that they need to help other people live. Unless you specifically say, we don't want, you know, I don't want to lose any of my organs or something like that. But I've always said to people, whether or not, I'll, I'll probably do exactly the same. I'll do the same thing. Listen, once, once you've gone, you have no need of those organs. They can go to somebody and they can make full use of them. And this little girl and her family 
This is uh, Ella Thatcher's sudden death. She had an, an epileptic seizure. Uh, but her, her family spent time with her uh, because she donated her organs. She donated her heart, her lungs, her liver, her pancreas and kidneys. I mean, that is quite something. They said she was treated with amazing respect. A nurse even held her hand. I think that is just fantastic. You might not want to do that, but that's your decision. But the new law is that you'll have to opt out. You have to tell them. Otherwise, they will they will take the organs. I mean, uh, you know, her, her, her family thought that her epilepsy, which is uh, which is Dravet syndrome, was under control. She was having one every se- she was doing 55 seizures a month. Little 10 year old, little 10 year old. So the family had that brave decision. And, you know, she goes straight to heaven. Although somebody wrote to me the other day. What did somebody write to me? Somebody was talking about somebody who died and they said they felt very sorry for them because they didn't have anybody to meet the other end, the other side, because nobody from their family had died before. And so they had nobody to go and meet on the cloud. And I thought that was quite telling. Like the the poor people who've died in in New Zealand, their families are going to have to come to terms with it. They're going to have to come to terms with that, that cruelly somebody of limited intelligence and somebody who should be... I can't even think of a suitable punishment for these people. They're not interested. They couldn't care less. They just want to blindly go on. It's like, I mean, do you seriously think that anybody from ISIS was, you know, in their right mind, if indeed they had minds, when they were beheading people on the beaches and shooting people? Do you think they were seriously... No. Scum of the earth. Absolute scum of the earth. Really, the most disgusting people. However, over in New York, we could be in uh, in line for an all-out mob war. And there is a very good chance this could happen. After 30 years of peace, 30 years, count them, of peace in the families of New York who were in the mafia, it's now been shattered. And the reason it's been shattered is that Francesco Frankie Boy Cali was whacked outside his mansion while his wife and young children were inside. He's the 53-year-old head of the Gambino family, shot six times, run over by a pickup truck, died in hospital. Police sources told how Callie's associates are now threatening to avenge his death. Of course they will. Of course they will. You don't think they're going to go, well, that's OK. That's OK. You, you can do things. No, they can't. They've had peace for 30 years. They managed to find, but obviously somebody somewhere... Somebody said a ruthless code runs the mobs. For someone to get whacked at that level inside the mafia, somebody would have had to sanction it. And if the killer is not within the mob, then they'll live to regret the day they killed Francesco Cali. The mob carry out their own justice. They don't wait for the courts. They've always done it like that. You've watched The the Godfather. That's how they deal with it. That's how they deal with it. Cali was jailed in 2009 for extortion. Attacked in the neighbourhood of Staten Island. Uh, A man collapsed in front of him crying, Papa, Papa. And one neighbour, a 58-year-old named Salvatore, witnessed the shooting. He said, I just heard the pow, 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 pow. I mean, the last major mafia crime boss was, I think, Paul Castellano. But that was in 1985. So expect retaliation. Expect retaliation. They will find the people and they will not just fear for their lives because these people probably... Although we've had it for 30 years, we've had peace over there. And now it's, uh, you know, not good. Kevin in Rome said, yesterday I signed the book for my friend Michael. He was one of the passengers on the Ethiopian flight. Hasn't been a good week. But thank you for brightening my morning, making it easier to start the day. Halinka says, horrific news from New Zealand. Difficult programme. It is difficult. It's difficult because you're dealing with with a, only a little bit of information. I want to know more. I want to know everything. I want to know, you know I want them to talk about the man who, uh, who's been arrested and the other, the other three people. I want to know all about them. What sort of people are they? Are they visitors? 
what, what, what were they doing there? Why would they want to kill down children? Why would they want to mow down children? What's the point of that? There's no point of that, is it? They're just little children. They're innocent little children. They don't know anything. You know, and to have their lives taken away is, uh, is, is, is not, not great. Not great. 84850, steve at uk. Not exactly the best programme I've had on a Friday, but I've, I've had worse. I've had worse. Some are, some are good, some are, some are not so uh, good. Uh, thank you very much indeed. A friend of mine uh, called Christopher says, Happy birthday for Sunday. Round your way to watch the Egg Chasers tomorrow, the rugby. We'll keep our eye out for you if we hit Twicker Central after the match, but I'm guessing you'll be laying low or already in bed ahead of your Sunday birthday bonanza, both on the air and off. Bring on St Steve's Day. Thank you. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, Christopher? That would be very nice. Somebody was singing your praises the other day. I had a guest in, and, and he said, I know all about you. And I said, oh, right. And it turns out that his wife is, um, is a newsreader for you. <laughs> I tell you, you bump into the... You don't bump into old people. You just All of a sudden, it just came up out of nowhere. And I thought, that's quite cute, isn't it? That's quite cute. We've had some very good interviews, actually. Very good interviews, and we got uh, we got more coming up. Oh, and I tell you what, it got it was uh, Christopher's going to see the rugby. Yeah, oh, tomorrow we have rugby day. I live in Twickenham. Oh right, are you going to the rugby? Oh, thank God for that. Oh, Scottish are playing. Are they, will you be walking? Is that a rugby shirt? Is that Scottish? What an odd rugby! Stand up, stand up. Is that the Scottish rugby thing? Is that what they wear? Oh, tra- oh training wear. I never understand people who buy sweatshirts and T-shirts. It's quite nice, but I just... I looked at it this morning and I thought, A, I've not seen it before, and B, it would have to be from some sort of rugby thing, and I wasn't far wrong, was I? You've got a shirt on as well. God, you've gone mad. Obviously, a new haircut, rugby top, picking on my friend Christopher. Don't do that. Not nice, is it? Not nice. So thank God you're not going. You have people like you for breakfast. Seriously. Or Brexit. One of the two. I can't remember. Uh, right. News time. I'm trying to put a smile on my face. I, I got a, a nice response the other day to something, which I'll tell you about in a, a moment. Still mindful of the events on in New Zealand. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It is nice to have your company on such a, such a sad day. Any tragedy is uh, bad. New Zealand uh, have one ongoing at the moment. This is after a gunman opened fire, two gunmen, we think, in two different mosques. The death toll at the moment is currently standing, we think, at around 27. It's a bit vague. They keep putting out different figures. Uh, They were on lockdown in the schools. They've lifted that. Uh, They did find a device in a car. They don't know if there are other ones. Very sad. Very, very sad. Very sad indeed. So hopefully, what what, what I'll do in, uh, in a few minutes... I'll replay you what the Commissioner of New Zealand Police, Mike Bush, said at the time. It's a very busy day for them. Their hospitals in Christchurch are second to none, and uh, they're working overtime at the moment. Ron says, I like your friend Christopher. I met him a couple of times at Hammersmith Studios years ago. What happened to his ditching his mobile? I think this is somebody else's. I think it's somebody else's. (laughs) People always have to do that. Oh, I I was going to tell you something, just trying to... Oh, sorry, lighten my mood just a little bit. Uh, a little tiny bit, uh, because I got a lovely uh, a lovely text from Sue Williamson. And Sue says, thank you for mentioning our lovely village, Old Wellin. We need all the help we can get to get Barclays, uh, to stop them closing the bank. Because if you remember, they were going to close the bank, so that would leave people out. But they have set, I think it's going to go ahead, Sue. I don't want to be the bearer of bad tidings. But I think they will leave an ATM machine. She says, I too 
1954 baby. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Amy's daughter Sky is 18, and we're now three generations listening to you every morning. So, pl- and then she says something here, which I'm not. I don't know where you got this from. She says, "Please wish Sky a very happy birthday and enjoy your 65th." This weekend, well, if I was, I would probably enjoy it. Um, Sarah Harding has quit fame and goes into hiding following her unsuccessful musical comeback. I don't know why she even bothered. I, I, I said the other day, and I've said it all the time, when these people go into meltdown and, and, and you sort of think to yourself, but why don't you go and get a proper job? Why don't you come out of this silly world called show business where you think you've got a career for the rest of your life? Whereas being drunk and being, a, I think they call them liggers, which means you go to parties and you get drunk and you photograph staggering out. And God knows she'd been to more parties and more staggering around drunk than anybody else I could shake a stick at. Well, I don't know, Gareth Gates actually was quite bad at doing that for, for a few times. And Charlotte Church and loads of other people. Daniela Westbrook and Kerry Katona and Victoria Beckham. She'll be thrilled to be put in the same, same little blanket as everybody else. But they have to go and get a job. You've got to be working. These people seem to sit there and think that, you know, if they've been in OK magazine or Hello magazine or Closer or Titbits or whatever it happens to be, that, they're, that that's it. They're sorted out for the rest of their life. Well, they're not. They're absolutely not. Kerry Katona is clinging on to something at the moment, doing a dating programme. Where she goes after that, I've got no idea, but it certainly doesn't pay the sort of money you think. And she's got to live. She's in a rented piece of accommodation, which was what Sarah Harding was in. And she had, um, you know, she had bad, bad times. In fact, uh, the worst time was when she was on Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother, with people you'd never heard of. And they gave her alcohol and she turned into this behemoth. She turned into the most foul-mouthed person I'd ever heard, screaming at people and shouting at them. And I thought, they really shouldn't give her alcohol. But anyway, we were talking the other day uh, about uh, Charles and Madeleine Golding. And uh, I used to work with with Charles and uh, lovely Madeleine. And so I know everything about them. I know everything about them. And I went for for dinner at their place on a Friday night. You know, proper Jewish. We observed everything. Observed everything. I mean, it's an education for me. And I've not heard from them for years and years. And then, lo and behold, I got um, an email the other day. And he said, so nice of you to mention me and Madeline. And he said, I knew you'd never forget us. I couldn't. He says, do you realise it was about 22 years ago that I became programme controller and put you on in the mornings because you were my favourite presenter. And then a year or two later, I did afternoons. I remember you and Dale coming round on a Friday night for a traditional dinner. My kids still remember his amazing car that looked like a spaceship and all the electronic toys that you generously gave to my children. We all listened to your show in the mornings and on Sunday, because we moved as a family to Netanya... Is it called... Is is it Netanya in Israel? Two years ago. It's so much fun here. He says, and we live an eight minute walk from the beach. Congratulations on your reward. Many of your famous loyal listeners now live between Jerusalem and Haifa and texted me to tell me they heard you mention me. They all send you their love. And that was from Charles and Madeline Golding. Thank you so much. I like to hear I'm, I'm very fortunate, as I've said before, that I hear from people that I've worked with over the years. You know, some people well, that was 22 years ago, 22 years ago. And loads of other people that, uh, that I've worked with go so nice to hear that you're st- still working. <laughs> but uh, it, it has been lovely. It really has been lovely. Uh, now, one here from uh, somebody who says, I worked for uh, Bidvest for 13 years, delivering to KFC since they first got the contract in 2005. It was a faultless service, with apart from normal cock-ups, sorted same day, always a good service. KFC obviously made a big mistake moving to DHL, who were totally at fault 
By not being ready last year, apparently the bosses who investigated the change quit on the second day of mayhem. Oh, there was dreadful... Stuff wasn't in the right places, and it, it... Oh, people got into a dreadful pickle over that one. Rest assured, I very much doubt any customers will notice any shortages. Now it's back in the hands of the people that delivered the uh, the contract for 13 years with a faultless service. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, I mean, it, oh, it was a mess, wasn't it? They didn't have any... Have you got any chicken? No, what, because it hasn't gone from here to here, and it wasn't in the right place. Sorry? It was worse than Brexit. That was because people got affected. People were in tears. Do you remember people in people were sort of getting very, very sort of. What are we going to do? We can't live without Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, eat something else. We can't. Yes, you can. No, we can't. And they couldn't. Some years ago, says uh, Anne, I needed a twelve-hour blood transfusion. Not quite a transplant, I concede. But the moment I was well, I put myself on the transplant list. You never know when it can help your fellow human. So sad. Re New Zealand followed this in the night. What a world. But have a good birthday on Sunday. I shall try. Paul in uh, Illinois says, I clearly understand your feelings for the friends and family of the victims. Every time I hear of tragic happenings in London, I fear for my friend in Kensington. Why do these things happen? I wish, listen, if we could wave that magic wand and for all the people listening to this programme at the moment, we take away any pain, any hurt, any depression, anything that sort of, you know, why can't we just get on with each other? We can't, though, can we? We can't. Evan in Galashiels says, terrible news from Christchurch. I was brought up there and can't believe what I'm hearing. Such a lovely city. Is nowhere safe? It appears not. It appears not. Heather, the Norwich nurse. Very sad news this morning, Steve. Condolences to all the fam... Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it does that occasionally. Condolences to, uh, to all those people in the emergency services dealing with it. It will be a bit harrowing. We have to hang on to our loved ones a bit closer today. And be thankful, absolutely. And that little noise on my phone came to me from Ian Dale, who's appearing on another television programme. He says he's on his way to the ITV studios, getting my morning dose of Steve Allen show. Is there a cure? Not when we both cry, is there? We're both getting a reputation for crying. It's terrible. But at the same time, I nearly cried at the beginning of the programme this morning. You know, when you talk about people dying in New Zealand, and you think, they didn't know that they were going to die. You just feel sorry for for the families. And stuff like that. Every time I turn on my television, there's Ian Dale on it. He must be, is he appearing on every programme? He's going to be on... Do you know what he's going to be on next? He'll be on Countdown. He does CNN. On one day. I think he had four television appearances one day. He's obviously saving up for a holiday home somewhere. And Newsnight a lot. Has he done Question Time? Once he's done Question Time. But all the other ones, every time I turn on during the daytime, I'm sitting there in my pants and uh, sort of watching... And, and I get, there's Ian Dale again. He was very clever the other day. He didn't know that I saw it, but he, he wanted to chip in on, on the morning um, programme. And so he said to the presenter, just, just a little, and he, he did that little. You know when you go to somebody, little, like that. And so she went to him. He's got a clever way of doing it, you know. Bless you. Uh, might see you later. You never know. Last day of the Cheltenham Festival, Steve. Any tips? No. <laughs> no, there aren't any tips. For the Cheltenham Festival. Just don't wear bad clothing, please. Connie says, I was at Clapham Junction Station last night with my son. Never seen so many police officers there. One of them from the military. But I will be at the O2 Arena with my family on your birthday and thinking of you. Thank you. I'm, I'm also... I know I've already decided what I'm going to be tweeting. I don't feel 65. That's what I'm going to be tweeting on Sunday. I don't feel that. Mentally, I think I'm, I'm way back in my mid-twenties. But I suspect Ian Dale and myself are probably very similar. In that you just you just you know when somebody says how old you are you go yeah but it's just numbers just numbers doesn't mean anything 
But I think, I think I'm a better diabetic than he is. Dallas says, if the New Zealand incident is an anti-Islamic act, the perpetrators are particularly stupid. Clearly didn't work out. There will be an outpouring of sympathy worldwide to the entire Muslim community because nobody should be killed because of their faith. That's the, that's the basis of most wars, isn't it? It's, it's religion. People don't seem to tolerate other people. They really don't. Matt, the trucker, says the events in New Zealand are tragic and disturbing. The terrorists, because that's what they are, have no respect and are disgusting little so-and-sos. They should be made to stand in front of the families that have lost loved ones and allow the families to decide the punishment. Death, hopefully. If you're looking for a good news story, I know you don't do much sport on the show. We don't do any sport on the show. I have to tell you, I'm not, uh, I'm not, a, not a sporty person. Not, well, I mean, I'm fairly, I'm fairly sporty, but uh, not, not, not interested. I used to do horse racing results on the programme. I used to have to go the 3.30 at Utoxeter. First, number 12, Kelly's Eye, 25 to 1. Second, I used to have to read that all the time. Uh, Bryony Frost became the first female jockey to win a Grade 1 race at Cheltenham yesterday. It was an amazing and breathtaking ride, and she's truly a rising star, says Matt the Trucker. Ha-ha. Uh, Howard says Ian Dale's saving up for a holiday in Blackpool. I think the amount of money he must be making at the moment, I, I would imagine he could um, he could probably buy Blackpool. Can't take too much. Uh, last night, it's my friend Christopher, uh, Ian was gagging to challenge Farage to a Brexit duel. Wished he had have done, says my friend Christopher. You'll like that one. You'll like that one, because that's my friend Christopher. <laughs> Are you going out for your birthday, says Shane? I don't think so. No, I don't, no I'm, I'm doing stuff the following week and I'm hoping later on in the year to have sort of a party with, uh, you know, a hundred of my closest friends. <laughs> I did it for my 60th. I might as well do it for this one. We're just deciding on a venue at the moment. But, um, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, you, uh, sorry, Steve, you'd be excellent on Countdown. I believe they film the whole week in one afternoon, says Mike. I don't think they quite go that far, but they do do, I think, two. At least two. And Malcolm is off to see the Only Fools and Horses musical with my good lady wife, Shirley. And a very happy birthday for Sunday. The same day that my mum, Alice, will be 98 years young. We'll be celebrating with her at a family lunch. She, of course, won't be eating very much at all, I should like my auntie Enid. She just sits there and looks at the food, which is actually quite fine. I don't mind that. But today I've been healthy. We didn't bring any sandwiches in today. No sandwiches at all. Instead, it's fruit. It's fruit. Although, actually, we did eat... What was those things we ate earlier on? We did eat something. I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was very nice. Very nice indeed. Uh, my friend says, if we could do away with all religion, there might be a lot more peace in the world. I know, but you've got to believe in something, haven't you? Don't, don't you think people want to believe in... I'd love to believe that there is something at the end of life. I know we say dust to dust, ashes to ashes. But I, I would like to think that there is something up there or down there or side... I don't care where it is. I'm just looking forward. I tell you for two things. To catch up with, with people that you've missed and secondly, to have a good old natter and a, and a cup of tea. I'm hoping that in heaven there's, there's, there's tea. There's somebody there going... So Gabriel is running the tea stall and goes, tea, Steve? Yes. Uh, a crisp, crispy bread roll? Really? Good Lord, this place is better than I thought. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Ten to six is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Friday the 15th of March. Uh, Graham says, as I said, if we did away with all the religion, there might be a lot more peace in the world. John Lennon sang about it on his recording of Imagine. I know. And uh, what happened to John Lennon? He was gunned down on the streets. Gunned down on the streets. Uh, If you've uh, just woken up, 
you probably only just uh, realised that they've had a disaster over in New Zealand. The Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, was talking about it earlier on. Gunman of Open Fire. We might be hearing from her again very, very shortly. But uh, about an hour and 20 minutes ago, the Commissioner of New Zealand Police, Mike Bush, made this statement. We are not aware of other people, but we cannot assume there are not others at large. We have a number of schools in lockdown. Uh, We're currently making sure we have enough staff to saturate the area with enough equipment to ensure that when we release that lockdown, people can get home safely. We're in the process of that. It will happen very shortly. We are pouring resources uh, into that area. Every available Canterbury and uh, staff member and people nearby, other emergency services also, are saturating that area uh, with visibility to ensure that everyone who needs to get home can get so safely. We are also setting up uh, a facility as we must, because this is absolutely tragic. There will be so many people affected so that people can get more information. They will be worried about their loved ones. Uh, We don't have the identities of those people who have died as yet. Uh, because those locations are still in lockdown. But we want to make sure we set up a facility where people can phone in and get the information they need. That is an absolute priority. Our people are doing that at the moment. As you can imagine, this is requiring every police and emergency resource that we have available. We have um, Defence Force aircraft here in Wellington ready to fly more resources into the area. Uh, We'll do that from other locations nearby as well. So I want to assure the public we are doing everything we can to make sure there is no more harm uh, to their communities. As I said, I will be back to speak to you more this evening with more detail. I will open up for some questions, but it's quite possible I won't be able to help you out with any more detail. And I do have to return uh, to work to brief others. Commissioner, is there any other information that you can give us on the ships at this point? No, not at this stage. Four are in custody, three are men and one a woman. Uh, one is a woman, as I understand it. Uh, it's, it's moving quite quickly, so I need to um, frame that in that way, that uh, that's what we believe at this moment. Do we know anything about uh, motivation at this point? Uh, not conclusively. We're working our way through that as well. Can you classify as a satirist attack? We are still looking at the circumstances that surround that. Uh, it is, doesn't get any more serious in this country. Are you aware there's a video on social media circulating about the attack? I'm absolutely aware. I have seen social media footage. It's very disturbing. It shouldn't be in the public domain, and we're doing everything we can uh, to remove it. How did you apprehend the attackers? Uh, there was... The the attackers were apprehended by local police staff. There's been some absolute acts of bravery. I'm hugely proud of our police staff, the way they responded to this. But let's not presume that the danger is gone. So we want to make sure that we're right across that community. Uh, We're as visible and equipped as we need to be to make that happen. I can tell you that uh, there were a number of IEDs attached to vehicles that we also stopped. They've been made safe by the Defence Force, but that does go to the seriousness of this situation. Is it right that that first known attacker was arrested um, wearing white explosives? Uh, 
that person has been made safe. We're still working through that, uh, but we believe there was a claim, uh, but that person is absolutely safe. Is that indication that there might be up to nine suspects? Can you confirm that? Uh, no, I can't confirm that. I can confirm that we have, our staff have arrested four people. I won't assume there aren't others, but I don't have information to that effect. The people who have been apprehended, um, were they not police? Uh, I can't go into that detail either. That detail will unfold in the next few days. That's all I can say at this stage, but I'm absolutely conscious that the public need to be informed, kept informed of this. We have, to my left, a host of communication staff who will make that happen. But as you can imagine, we have so many operational staff that are absolutely committed to this operation. The source says police are going to be armed, have been instructed to be armed for the next uh, wee while. What can you say about that? Of course our staff will have access, uh, immediate access, to the equipment they need to keep themselves and the community safe. Are officers outside Christchurch being armed as well? Yes, we're not assuming that this is contained to Christchurch. We have no other information to suggest it is. But at this point in time, we should never make assumptions. Mike Bush, who's Commissioner of the New Zealand Police, speaking uh, about an hour or so ago, an hour and 20 minutes ago. We're hoping to hear from the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, and that will be uh, hopefully within half an hour, something like that. She's going to make a statement, I know. Uh, she's condemned the, the shootings as an extraordinary and unprecedented act of violence. And as somebody probably uh, very bravely predicted, uh, the Prime Minister... I should imagine Theresa May will be saying very shortly, she'll be issuing a statement saying we stand shoulder to shoulder and trying to combat terrorism. But it only goes to prove, doesn't it, as I've said a million times before, that there's quite clearly nothing we can do about it. This, this wasn't on their radar. This happened. But uh, by God, they moved fast afterwards. They moved very fast. Uh, other stories which are running in the, uh, the papers today... Uh, which almost sort of pale into insignificance, I'm afraid, really. Extra time for Brexit as the MPs revolt. They're not doing very well, the MPs, are they? But mind you, we can vote them out. Can vote them out. Louis Tomlinson's sister, formerly of One Direction, has died of a suspected heart attack. She was only 18. She apparently had a cardiac arrest. She was a very successful designer. I'm more worried about the New York Mafia boss gunned down in front of his home because that could open up the floodgates and we could uh, see open warfare on the streets of of New York as the various crime families fight it out among themselves. It's been very quiet for 30 years. Very quiet for 30 years. Bristol gets the unwanted high today. It's uh, for cocaine use. Bristol. I'd have thought London. I would have thought anywhere, actually, apart from, apart from Bristol. Uh, Meghan's PR boss has been dumped. That's the fifth one to go since the royal wedding. They can't keep them, can they? Apparently, according to what one royal observer said, and I'm never too sure how much I believe, but they seem to have a fairly good insight. It's a case of, she's very difficult. She's very difficult. They say that's the reason that Harry looks so miserable every time they're out together, uh, because she quite clearly is a little bit pushy. And so they've lost more staff than anybody else. But now they've split, not Harry and Meghan, but uh, Harry and Wills, they've gone their separate way. And in the Daily Mail today, Richard Kay is telling you the real reason why, because basically they don't get on. So they've got two separate PR camps to try to... I mean, I wouldn't mind. They don't have to do very much. You only have to go out there. They don't have to sort of build a building. They just have to turn up and wave a paintbrush, and that's, that's called... Well, that, that's, you know, something they've actually done. But uh, neither of them do very much. We know that she's expecting a baby. God knows what it's going to be like after that. Well, we have pictures of Harry pushing the baby down Kensington High Street. No, because they're moving to Frogmore. They're moving out there, so they're, they're a bit a bit far out of London. Obviously, keeping well away from, uh, from Wills and Kate, 
because William will be king at one point, whereas Harry gets further down the list, so he's not he's probably given up, I should imagine. Paul the Trucker says, you don't have to believe in a religion to believe there is life after death. I just want some proof. I want some proof that there's something more to look forward to. I wouldn't like to think that when I eventually sort of shuffle off, that's it. I would like to think that you sort of go and resurrect yourself. And, uh, and then you sort of just, just carry, on, carry on like that. You know, talking to all the people that you've missed. I wonder what your parents would say to you. You want to talk to your parents. And I'm trying to think, actually. I've got a few, few questions for Dale, but that's another story. I mean, I'd, I'd like to sort of meet people, but it, it just depends, doesn't it? Do you think they've got peanut butter in the afterlife? I wouldn't like to get there and I go, uh, cook breakfast. And they go, oh, not here, no, we're all veggie. I wouldn't like... Oh, what? Old pets. That'd be nice, actually. I'd like to see our, our dog. We used to have a golden cocker spaniel called Jasper. We're so middle class. And uh, we had a cat called Candy, because she was white. I don't know why. <laughs> she looked like that uh, cat that was on the television advertising cosset carpets, because I used to sell carpets for a living. And, uh, and we had a white cat. Oh, hair everywhere. Hair everywhere if you've got a white cat. Long-haired cat's not so great. And, of course, uh, David Steele suspended over the child sex scandal. I mean, either the man's a complete buffoon... Because he he knows because uh, he's been told that, uh, you know, little boys could have been saved from the clutches of Cyril Smith. Cyril Smith apparently told David Steele, who has a very big title, but uh, for how much longer, I'm not too sure. And, and he didn't say anything. Didn't say anything at all. If he had exposed the uh, this pervert, boys could have been saved. And then he recommended Cyril Smith, knowing he was a paedophile, for a knighthood. What an idiot. What an idiot. And then uh, apparently Vince Cable's going to step down. Mind you, he's 75. Goodness sake. Only as leader, not as an MP. How he's, how he's negotiating the station, I can't imagine at the moment. Like a nightmare, Twickenham Station. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's nice to have your company on this sad day as the events unfold in New Zealand. We're hoping to hear from the Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, and we'll be crossing to a reporter very, very shortly. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. A sad day. Friday the 15th of March. They will not forget it in New Zealand because the action started uh, just before we started at four o'clock this morning. Uh, two gunmen opened fire in two different mosques over in uh, Christchurch. The uh, Prime Minister was on it immediately, Jacinda Ardern. And, uh, and Mike Bush, the Commissioner of the New Zealand Police, you heard from him. We're hoping, we're hoping to hear from the Prime Minister, Jacinda Probably, hopefully within this hour. We think she's on her way to the scene. Uh, she's coming in, we think, from Auckland. She was on the North Island, so she's, she'll hopefully get there. Whether she gives a press conference there, I've got no idea. She's already spoken and we've, uh, we've played that on LBC a number of times. We will cross to a reporter for News Talk ZB, Chelsea Daniels, in about 15 minutes' time and uh, find out the latest. Because at the moment, people, people are sort of getting it all in their minds. We don't think that they're looking for anybody else. We don't think they're looking for anybody else. They've got four people in custody. The one who was uh, streaming uh, live, which, as far as I know, has not been taken down. How long it takes to do these things, I've got no idea. They think uh, 27 people, including children, have been shot dead. That's that's the, the latest toll they went in. We heard earlier on from two people who were in one of the mosques where the gunman came in and because it was all divided into sections, they just literally opened up sections and opened fire on people indiscriminately, indiscriminately. 
Holly says, I hate tribalism of any kind. Religion, politics, football, teams, neighbourhoods, the list is endless. My motto is courtesy, respect, tolerance and compassion. Kindness is the only way. Would it be? Somebody said to me once, years and years ago on LBC, you know, they said, you know, well, why, why don't we bring out a newspaper called Good News? And I said, well, I think they did, but it didn't last. People don't want to read about good news anymore. They're not interested, you know, a, a, a magazine called you know, Sunshine. That sort of indicates that we're all happy all the time, whereas everybody knows we're not. There's more people now who've got illnesses that you can't see, illnesses you can't track, more people who are committing crime. I mean, knife crime is at an all-time high in this country. It's getting to something, isn't it, when an eight-year-old girl takes a knife to school and threatens to stab a policeman in the stomach, an eight-year-old girl. What sort of family breeds somebody like that? Where do they get these ideas from? And that's the second one. We had an 11-year-old walking down the street. His parents have been spoken to. Spoken to. Good Lord, well, that's a, that's a plus, isn't it, really? I appreciate the sentiment of kindness is the only way, but unfortunately it doesn't, doesn't seem to work. You only have to look at the Jeremy Kyle show to realise what a bunch of degenerate pond life we're breeding in this country. It's the subculture. You know, people now become famous because they're on benefits in this country. Nobody ever taught them about the work ethic. People tell you about their cocaine addiction. They've earned so much money they can afford to shove half a Columbia up their nose. And we're supposed to go, oh, they're really a role model for children. No, they're not. Of course they're not. That would be ridiculous. You know, the idea that we have to sort of sympathise with Daniela Westbrook and Kerry Katona and Jordan and all these other people. Not in my book, thank you very much indeed. God, I was brought up a little bit better. The House of Harry... They've split. They've split. Harry and Meghan are going one way and uh, his brother and his wife have gone the other way. To be honest with you, I don't think Harry's mature enough to know about how to run a household. I really don't. Uh, All the commentators have said that Meghan is the problem. After she's had the baby, they say she might get back with her father and her stepsister, the one who writes all that vile stuff about her. Either way, though, um, the brothers are moving further apart, further apart. I mean, I think really he's actually following in the footsteps. Harry, this is, of Princess Anne, Prince Edward and Andrew. What Prince Edward does for a living, God alone knows. We're not even sure what Prince Andrew does. Princess Anne, we know, goes to the races and uh, does a lot of um, engagements every year. But an engagement is going out somewhere, shaking hands, hello, 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 photographs, going back in the car. That's it. Probably spend more time travelling than doing the actual things. Uh, Harry's uh, a bit of a crossroads, really, because uh, he's quit the army. He's about to become a father. Now it's up to him to forge a royal role. I mean, uh, Princess Margaret didn't. She didn't know what the faint idea is, so she just spent her evening drinking, having people round for dinner and sort of just generally being a bit of a la-di-da debutante. What we do with Harry, I've got no idea. I think what we have to do is persuade Meghan to stop holding hands with him. You know, he's a member of the royal family. You don't, you don't see the Queen and Prince Philip. When have you ever seen the Queen and Prince Philip holding hands? When have you seen William and Kate doing it? Kate knows how to play this role perfectly. I always said that. I don't necessarily wave a flag. But, you know, I think she's, uh, she's done really well. Really well. Whereas Meghan just looks like she's attending another premiere. You know, she'll sort of do all sorts of things. Not in keeping with the royal family at all. But you don't hold hands with people. I mean, mercifully, in some of the pictures I've seen recently, Harry's got his hands firmly clasped in front of him. And so she can't grab his hand. But she either grabs his arm or something like that. It's just not done, dear. Might be in Chav Central, but uh, certainly not in the royal family. Uh, Just what Theresa May needs. Trump puts the boot into the Prime Minister. Sporting a shamrock the other day. Because, of course, it's St Patrick's Day on Sunday. And no doubt there will be events taking place in London and Trafalgar Square. There always are. I must remember, actually, as they will be. I'll have to, have to move the car elsewhere. It's probably some run or something like that that the mayor has sanctioned. And uh, well done, Dame Twiggy. 
a branch of fashion royalty. A few people got their awards the other day. For some reason, they gave it... David Grant got something for services to music. Excuse me. What would that be? What, because him and his wife, Carrie, uh, sort of were the people behind... can't remember who they were behind, actually. It was that group that Kerry Katona was in. They were... What were they... Atomic Kitten. They, they were sort of the teachers of them. I find David Grant very creepy. There were loads of people in Atomic Kitten. But I, I find David Grant very, very creepy. But the funny thing is, he's got an award. She didn't get anything. And I thought they, they worked together. There you go. I didn't think a lot about her at all. Uh, also, also, oh, this dreadful, dreadful story. We've had nothing but dreadful stories recently. I feel a bit depressed about it. This is the uh, emergency call of a pensioner who died reporting a burglary. And uh, Maureen Whale was her name, and uh, she uh, called 999, and they asked her, she was 77, how old are you? Are you okay? I'm shaking. Do you need an ambulance? Yes, yes. Do you find it hard to breathe? Yes. So the operator said, I'm going to call an ambulance. And uh, then uh, they said, have you got any chest pains? What's your first name? Maureen. I can't talk. I'm sorry. Okay, I've called for an ambulance, she said. And then the operator just goes, hello? Hello? Maureen, Hello? Hang on there, Maureen. Can you make? Can you hear me? If you can, tap the handset. They try anything to get her to say something, and um, and then she was going, "Oh, Maureen, answer me, please." The police are round round the corner. Then you hear a knock on the door, and uh, a policeman saying, "Hello, love, are you okay?" She died. Tragic, isn't it? They found her handbag, which had a few quid in it. Her handbag, mile up the road. Three people broke in. They've got it on CCTV. They knew she was alone. They'd seen her. They've looked through the window. And they broke into a house and they, and they robbed her. You don't expect somebody of 77 to have to go through that kind of an ordeal, do you? They will find these people because they're quite clearly identified by the CCTV. You could see them quite clearly. Quite clearly. So somebody somewhere will be doing a very big favour. That woman died. It's on their conscience. They know... They will know by now that she died because it's all over the newspapers. Let's find them quickly. That's what I like. Whacked by the real-life Sopranos, Frankie Boy Callie. I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I apologise if I've mispronounced it. It's been gunned down by rivals in New York. Grizzliest mafia murder for 34 years. And suddenly, the city of New York is braced for a mob bloodbath. There will be reprisals. Take my word for it. You've seen it all, haven't you? You've seen it all. You've seen it in Vegas and you've seen it all over the place where sort of people take the law into their own hands, people in a gang, people as part of a, a mafia cell will go out there and do things. Uh, because they've upset the apple cart, their heads are on the line. Take my word for it. Won't take too long. Won't take too long before they find these people and they will kill them. Somebody says, Kate and William hold hands too. No, they don't. No, they don't, I'm afraid. Very recent. No, there aren't any. No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. They don't do that. She knows her place. She stands next to him. With her hands, he's, he's got his hands in front of him or behind him. No recent pictures. Why do you tell lies? People like you annoy me. Only briefly, though, because I don't really care. But uh, no, they don't. They don't hold hands. They don't do things like that. They're members of the royal family. Royal family don't hold hands. They don't do they, They've never done it, as far as I remember. I don't remember seeing ever any pictures of the Queen and Prince Philip holding hands. We hold hands on this programme. We, we do that. And we skip as well, which is quite good. Uh, also, celebrity booze ads tempts teenagers. Why is it? Is it that important? If you watch a celebrity doing something, it's like, you know, celebrity having outfits. They go, oh, this is an outfit from whichever company it happens to be. It's modelled by uh, by Fern or whoever it happens to be or Holly. And they go, all of a sudden, everybody wants to wear it. Why would you want to wear the same outfit as everybody else? 
I don't quite get that. I thought you'd want to buy something original. Somebody always said to me, it's a case of, you know, go and buy something from, say, Marks and Spencer's and change all the buttons. And then it doesn't look like everybody else's. And somebody said to me, is that your idea? I said, no, I heard that from a fashion expert years and years ago. You don't want an outfit that looks the same. Nothing worse than walking into a wedding and you've got exactly the same outfit because you've all been to the same shop. If you go to any of these big shops, they've got things, and you go, well, that's nice. You, you take it and you wear it. and you get, Luckily, nobody ever wears anything in this building that looks anything like I wear. But what with the rugby tomorrow, England v Scotland, we're going to thrash them. We're just, we're just going to walk over them. <coughs> we are. We're just going to walk all over you. You don't know this. You don't know this at all, but we are going to... You're going, you're going to walk away in your skirts. And You won last time? Yeah, well, that was last time, wasn't it? That was last time. You've had a few... That was in Edinburgh, on home turf. That's the one with the moving pitch, isn't it? The pitch undulates. I think I'm sure I've seen that to give you a dis- give us a disadvantage. But don't worry, you will lose tomorrow. But I know, I know that <laughs> I know that everybody's going to be in Twickenham really early. But well, do you know do you know what time the kickoff is? Do you know what time the kickoff is tomorrow? What what time? Five p.m. Oh, thank God I'll be in bed. Thank God I'll be in bed. Can't think of anything worse. Five p.m. We hate the late kickoff. So though sometimes it works well because they make the pubs closed, and so we can get all the fans out of town. Because when you've got eighty thousand. You've got to get rid of them as uh, as quickly as uh, possible. Listen, after the news and travel, we'll cross to New Zealand and get an update on the awful scenes which have taken place in Christchurch this morning. Normally at this time on a Friday, I'll let you know who's coming up on In Conversation with this weekend. Uh, we'll give that a miss today, given that those events on the far side of the world are, are dominating the news. Uh, I will tell you who's actually coming up at the end of this morning's programme. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, Amal Clooney crowned Charles's charity champion. Charles likes mixing with celebrities. This is Prince Charles, by the way, in case you thought we were talking about somebody else. Uh, Prince Charles uh, enjoys the celebrities, and so uh, she's, uh, she's deeply impressive to him. I think the, the more celebrities they have into his, uh, into his charity, the happier they are. And so... Uh, he's going to launch an initiative for the global arm of his Prince's Trust charity. They have loads and loads of buildings. It basically just means you have sort of drinks and uh, you eat dinner and somebody makes speeches and it all goes terribly well. And that's what they do around the world. And so as the as the Clooney's collect an award for their humanitarian work, uh, I noticed that uh, George in Edinburgh yesterday didn't bother with a tie. I mean, really, honestly. Although when you see him talking to Prince Charles, he's put a bow tie on, which is probably an awful lot better. That's what people do nowadays. And they go out there every night in, in London town and probably where you are in the country, unless you're in a little tiny village in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there is some sort of charity gala that takes place, either fundraising uh, or making people aware of the good works that people do around the world. And it, I always find it amazing. I come into town quite early in the morning. And uh, and there are these people standing on the pavement, some the worse for wear, it has to be said. But uh, if truth be known, they probably raised an awful lot of money for charity, which is always good news. Uh, so Caesar, the master of all he surveyed. This is Julius Caesar who uttered those uh, immortal lines. I came, I saw, I conquered. But generations of Latin scholars have been taught that the phrase veni vidi vici was actually pronounced veni vi. Oh, it's exactly the same, actually, only with, only with a W. So it could be Wenny. Oh, I thought it was Wenny, but anyway, there you go. But uh, now it's uh, only recently people have been able to pronounce the letters. And the sounds are now possible because people eat softer diets and use teeth less than our ancestors. 
Have you ever heard of such a thing? Hunter-gatherers had to chew through badly cooked meat and bones. They had worn-down teeth which sat differently in the mouths. So that's why they're saying, actually, it wasn't Veni Vidi Vici. It was Weni Vidi Vici. Whether or not that sounds the same to you, I don't know. It sounds a bit bizarre to me. But because they, they weren't eating the right... I thought they were very good at cooking in Rome. I thought that was the whole idea. People were doing it. And then when Emily was thrown off the plane for wearing this outfit, so she's all over the place. She'll be on Celebrity Something, I should imagine. She sparked a debate about public decency. So they asked various people. Uh, Julie Birchall says, bah, she looks positively prim. Uh, Esther Ranson says, I've seen so much worse on planes. Oh, I know people are... Over... It does look like she's wearing a bra. On a plane and a pair of trousers. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not really up to somebody to decide whether you look, you know, good or you look bad. I mean, it's how she feels. And if that's what she... Well, you will look at the picture, if you hadn't seen them from yesterday, and you will probably go, she's wearing a bra. So they've asked Henry Deeds, uh, and he says, if you've got it, flaunt it. Carol Sala says she gives Brit a bad name. Um, Also, uh, Rachel Johnson says her loon pants are far worse. I agree. But, you know, you don't sit on it. I mean, I pers- I've now changed my opinion. I didn't think I would. But I've had to because it does look like a bra. It'd be like me sitting there in my pants. It's equally, you know. But, I mean, you know, they're saying, who were the prune-cheeked Puritans so perplexed by a bit of exposed shoulder? Well, it's kind of a bit of exposed everything. If you're wearing a bra, there's a lot on display. And in her case, there was a lot on display. Very odd. Very odd. Because I've, I have changed my opinion. I think she should have put something over the top. Like sort of a little... You know, a shawl or something like that. Otherwise, you're sitting there in something that does look like your underwear. Which doesn't necessarily look particularly good. You know, the uh, the pilot who died along with the footballer, uh, Emiliano Sala, was more than £27,000 £27, in debt and facing court orders to repay mounting bills. Uh, this is David Ibbotson, was handed a fifth order to pay a £4,000 debt just over a week before the plane crashed into the English Channel on June the 21st. Oh, does that make any difference to... I mean, I would be more intrigued as to whether or not he actually had the right licence as opposed to any debts. How that comes into crashing a plane, I've got no idea. But uh, that's, that's, the way that it, uh, that's the way that it actually goes, I'm afraid. Uh, the lost episode of Dad's Army are recreated with a new cast. Although the good news is that uh, Captain Mannering's outfit is kept by angels because they have a section of angels. They've got ten miles, ten miles of of nice costumes from films. And there'll be a label inside there saying who wore it and in what in what thing. Because I've been up there. We've been inside Angels. We were taken up to their secret warehouse, which is, it's like an aircraft. <laughs> it's enormous. It's so big and it's got costumes for everything. So if you want to equip an army, they've got the costumes. Really. Uh, Steve says, Chris and Chelsea, I rather like the evolution of your show into a sports magazine. You've already covered horse racing at Cheltenham, rugby at Twickenham. Do you have any thoughts ahead of the, the Champions League quarterfinal draw at 11am today? Four of the remaining eight teams are English, which is pretty impressive. By the way, just in case you were wondering, because I did say that you know we would be talking to New Zealand, we're still trying to get through to our reporter over there. The lines, as you can imagine, are absolutely chock-a-block at the moment. It's causing immense problems for just about everybody. Everybody's trying to get through to New Zealand. So uh, we will cross when we're able to reach her. Uh, uh, somebody says, can you tell me uh, why you have two producers? Because I'm very important. There's no other reason. I have two permanent producers on every one of my programmes. I have two producers because I'm very important and, uh, and it's necessary. can't just have one person. Goodness sake. It's my husband's 50th birthday today. Do you think the second half of a century will be easier or harder? 
Oh, no, it's much easier. It's much easier, yes. I mean, he, he will sort of lapse into sleeping all over the place. So the, the, it gets so much easier in the second bit of your life as you go into uh, what I laughingly used to refer to as the twilight years. Anybody after... Because fi- you're not going to live to 100, are you? I mean, it, it, I mean, I know people do, but it sounds unlikely. If already you're having to check on him, you know, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't bode well. Lisa and Martin, spikers from Guildford. Just woken up rather late this morning to hear that devastating news from New Zealand. We were there a couple of weeks ago on holiday and I've never come across such a lovely nation of people. Friendly, charming, amiable and always helpful to us tourists. A very, very sad day. It is a very, very sad day. Well, they're, they're putting it down as, as one of their worst days in, in recent years. It is, it, I mean, it's terrible. It doesn't get any better, does it? You go there, you just go, you know, to your mosque, your church or whatever it happens to be and then somebody decides that they, they don't like you or they don't like what you stand for or they don't like your religion. So they, um, they just open fire. 27 is the latest toll that we've uh, that we've had. I shall let you know if it changes. Charlie Girling says, a shawl? No, you know what I mean. It's, it's not a pashmina, is it? You know when you drape something over you? She's wearing her bra, Charlie, on an aeroplane. I mean, I don't think that's the right sort of thing to wear. <laughs> you know, you should... I'm not saying you have to cover up, but I'm just saying you put a... Is it? A, I'm not sure if it's a pashmina. I might be thinking about the wrong thing. But uh, Just to sort of go over your shoulders, because otherwise it does look like you're wearing your bra, which is, you know, very nice. But uh, I don't think it's really the kind of thing that one wears on an aircraft. Should we go to the New Zealand Prime Minister? This is uh, Jacinda Ardern. The Defence Force are currently transporting additional police staff to the region. Our national security threat level has been lifted from low to high. This, I want to assure people, is to ensure that all our agencies are responding in the most appropriate way. That includes at our borders. Many of you will have seen that Air New Zealand has cancelled all turboprop flights out of Christchurch tonight and will review the situation in the morning. Jet services, both domestically and internationally, are continuing to operate. I say again, there is heightened security. Uh, That is, of course, so we can assure people of their safety and the police are working hard to ensure that people are able to move around their city safely. I have spoken this evening to the Mayor of Christchurch and I intend uh, to speak this evening to the Imam. But I also want to send a message to those directly affected. In fact, I'm sure right now New Zealand would like me to share a message on their behalf too. Our thoughts and our prayers are with those who have been impacted today. Christchurch was the home of these victims. For many, this may not have been the place they were born. In fact, for many, New Zealand was their choice, the place they actively came to and committed themselves to, the place they were raising their families, where they were part of communities that they loved and who loved them. It was a place that many came to for its safety, a place where they were free to practice their culture and their religion. For those of you who are watching at home tonight and questioning how this could have happened here, we, New Zealand, we were not a target because we are a safe harbour for those who hate. We were not chosen for this act of violence because we condone racism, because we are an enclave for extremism. We were chosen for the very fact that we are none of these things, because 
We represent diversity, kindness, compassion, a home for those who share our values, refuge for those who need it. And those values, I can assure you, will not and cannot be shaken by this attack. We are a proud nation of more than 200 ethnicities, 160 languages, and amongst that diversity, we share common values. And the one that we place the currency on right now and tonight is our compassion and the support for the community of those directly affected by this tragedy. And secondly, the strongest possible condemnation of the ideology of the people who did this. You may have chosen us, but we utterly reject and condemn you. How did uh, the perpetrators of this slip under the radar of the SIS and the GCSP? What I can inform you of this time that uh, uh, those that, uh, as far as I'm advised, currently in custody were not on security watch lists. Uh, that I'm sure will be a question, uh, as if they were, if they were known uh, uh, from a security perspective, and they were not on any active uh, watch lists. Of course, uh, the police are currently questioning those in custody. So beyond that, there's not too much more I can say at this time. Is that good enough that they weren't on watch lists? Was this preventable? Uh, I think that gives you an indication there, at least from that in that regard, is that they weren't on watch lists, so it's not a matter of someone having slipped under the radar. Uh, again, though, uh, it is early days. That's the assurance I can give people at this time. People are in custody, obviously being questioned. Uh, the Commissioner of Police will be giving an update again, uh, roughly somewhere between 8 and 8.30. Those are questions that perhaps you can put to him again. New Zealand's Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Not a happy day, not a happy day. The Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, is still speaking. She has now confirmed 40 people have died. Let's talk to Chelsea Daniels, who's a reporter for News Talk ZB over there in New Zealand. Chelsea, what a sad day for you. Good evening, yes, and it's completely unprecedented here in New Zealand as well. We don't see things like this. We're usually shocked and rocked by natural disasters in our country, which we're quite uh, well informed of. But something like this is just completely horrific uh, for us and obviously for anybody else where it happens. But we're used to seeing this uh, happen far across the pond, so to speak, uh, on TV, uh, things like this, not in our own backyard. Um, so this has never now been uh, confirmed as a terrorist attack. 40 people have been confirmed dead. Another 20 are wounded in hospital. Uh, 30 were killed at the Deans Avenue Mosque and another 10 at a mosque in Linwood. Um, this was cold, calculated. Uh, there are suggestions that the main perpetrator, uh, believed to be an Australian man, spent years planning the attack and months specifically centering it uh, on Christchurch where, where he called home. It's so sad. We, we sort of woke up to the news this morning and then the, the death toll has just risen. I'm not sure if we expect it to go any higher. We know that there are four people in custody. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the end result of this is. They, they close the mosques, they close schools, but then they open the schools. Where are we at, at the moment, Chelsea? 
schools were open around about maybe two hours ago. So, uh, you know, they spent um, time in lockdown for a few hours after school had technically finished. Um, the whole city was in lockdown. We've got council buildings, uh, workplaces. Um, you know, generally a Friday evening is rush hour traffic in Christchurch, Central City, this, this, uh, this evening it was a ghost town um, that's all been lifted uh, but there are like you said four people in custody three men and one woman it's believed one of the men was a perpetrator the rest uh, were co-conspirators I guess um, there's not much known really about why this happened to us um, you heard the Prime Minister speak before uh, that they we were chosen for our kindness for our compassion um, New Zealand is well known for being very inviting uh, to migrants very inviting um, to people of other cultures it's a very cultured place more than 200 ethnicities uh, in these small islands here down on the bottom of the world uh, really that people choose uh, to call home um it's just devastating that something like this here would happen here where where, where do you go from here i mean i know that the we, we've already heard from the commissioner of new zealand police mike bush i mean he's he's obviously got uh, lots of resources at his fingertips but they couldn't stop this happening could they because they weren't on the radar they weren't on the watch list and I think there might be some questions around um, were authorities complacent because we are on the other side of the world we are far removed from anything like this even uh, you know gun deaths in New Zealand are slightly on the rise but uh, I mean it's nothing like like something like you've seen here uh, will we have to go down the route that the Australians did when they uh, had a mass uh, massacre in in the 90s uh, with the gun laws so there's a lot of questions that uh, will continue to need to be answered uh, well after this is over uh, but obviously uh, everything's quite fresh at the moment and those things will have to be on the back burner for now won't they Chelsea, thank you so much for your time. I know that there's lots of calls on your time working for a, a news talk station, ZB. Thank you very much indeed for that. Very grateful. Thank you. That's Chelsea Daniels. Well, let's talk to Mohammed Shafiq. Uh, Mohammed is the chief executive of the Ramadan Foundation, which is an organisation focuses on Muslims and non-Muslims as well. Mohammed, good morning. Good morning. What a sad day. What a sad, sad day. Yes, very sad. Um... You know, 40 people killed, as we know, as your uh, colleague there from New Zealand was mm. saying. It's it's a dark day, um, an attack against any faith, community, any place of worship, or any innocent human being. It's a sad, tragic uh, act, act, and uh, uh, my heart goes out to the victims and their families. But there is one, um, I think, serious point that we should really reflect on this morning, and that is the language and the dehumanization of Muslims that has occurred not just in the United Kingdom, but across the world, where we, we, you know, we, it's a casual acceptance of Islamophobia and mm. hatred of, of the Muslim community, being res held responsible for the ills of the world. Um, and I think that contributes to give ammunition, you know, to terrorists on the far right mm. to carry out their actions. Um, the vast majority of people in all communities are decent, law-abiding people, and they'll be deeply shocked, sorry, and saddened by what we've seen. It is true. I mean, I think there's been an outpouring 
from uh, from here of sympathy for the people over there who had no idea these these people who perpetrated the crime weren't on the the radar. So I, I, I don't think, but but they've apparently we just heard a minute ago. We think that they've been planning this or the person who, who originated it for some time. Yeah, sure. well, and I. I mean, obviously, we'll have to. We just just recently happened, so we'd have to wait for the full facts to yes. emerge. But you know, we know that the Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has confirmed that the ringleader of this uh, this group was Australian. So uh, obviously, there's there's cross border issues there. But I, I think you know, two things really need to happen now. One is the world and people of all faiths and no faith need to come together uh, in in a very strong way of condemnation of this far right extremism. Mm. And secondly. Um, you know, security needs to be stepped up around mosque because in, in, only in this country, uh, only a couple of weeks ago, I was at the heart of a campaign against me because I had the audacity to stand up against Tommy Robinson mm. um, and, and a campaign of um, hatred and racism and xenophobia directed towards me. And I, I think when you casually accept that hatred towards one particular community, you know, you, we have to look at what happened to the Jewish community in the aftermath of World War Two. You know, we've got to learn the lessons from our history. We cannot dehumanize and condemn a whole community and a whole faith um, group of people. And we've all got to stand together. And, and uh, you know, as you'll hear on your station, you know, on many uh, networks across the world, the vast majority of people will be appalled by this. Mm. People, peaceful people going to prayer um, and, and being gunned down in such a brutal way is a shocking, uh, shocking thing. Um, you know, it's difficult to get ahead around it. It's also not, I mean, it, it seems to be impossible because if these people weren't on the radar, it can happen anywhere. And I don't know what we're supposed to do. I don't know how we're supposed to control it. It appears that there are these people out there who indiscriminately wanted to go into two mosques and shoot dead children. And I can't, I can't get my head around that at all. I don't know what we can do. There is nothing that you could say to them that would, that, that would make them feel any guilt or anything like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, which human being um, w- w- would even think of doing that, mm. um, not actually do it? Uh, you know, we, we saw it only, only recently in, in my home city of Manchester, yes. the arena attacks where people were going about their lives and, you know, enjoying music and a concert. And they were brutally murdered uh, in that way as well. And, it, it you know, I, I just think we all need to dial down our rhetoric. And, I, and I'm, you know, saying that to myself as well i'm reflecting on, on my language and the, the way i behave mm. and we all just need to kind of you know and it, it sounds you know uh, ridiculous we just need to reach out to each other and, and realize we're all the same we've got the same aspirations yes. same goals in life and uh, you know uh, really unite against the hatred that exists within within all sections of society and i really hope that um you know we can do that in a really strong and effective way I'll echo that. Mohammed Shafiq, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Mohammed is the chief executive of the Ramadan Foundation. There is no answer, is there? There is no answer to it. It it makes makes you weep. Britain's Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, has just tweeted, Our hearts go out to the people of New Zealand following the news of this terrible act in Christchurch. New Zealand's one of the most peaceful, peace loving, and generous nations in the world. Your friends in the UK stand with you today. In deepest sympathy, we'll take a break. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Day, God in heaven. Honestly, they always say that there's things you remember on the program, and uh, when it's kind of thrown on you, 
at the last minute, and then you see the death toll rising from, from 2 to 27 and now to 40. 40! You suddenly realise, I mean, what, what would be a deterrent for people who want to go out and just shoot children? I mean, not just not children, but everybody. They, they just don't discriminate. What's, what's the point? You want to go round there and get some cage fighter in to beat them to a pulp. It wouldn't help, though, would it? Because they don't seem to be affected by anything. Somebody says, my heart breaks for New Zealand. I've no family or friends there, but as a fellow human, I've had to pull over uh, my car and cry. All I can think is, why? I don't know why. I don't know why. I wit- you know, I'm, I t- my heart bleeds for these people. You know, these little children who hadn't done anything. They didn't know. Lovely, innocent children, says Annie. I feel so distraught this morning. I know. How do you think I feel? I'm sitting here getting all this stuff coming at me. From I'm, I tell you, I'm, I need a, a sit-down and a lie-down, I think. Chris in Norbury says, Just woken up to hear the Prime Minister of New Zealand on the news read the shooting. As an expat Kiwi living in London, my heart's broken. How dare anybody do this in my country? I know. I know. That's what. Every, I mean, there is a, a huge outpouring because I suppose in our heart of hearts, we're just grateful it's not happened here. But of course, it has happened here. People are prepared to blow themselves up to kill people, sick people, sick people who should have, they should have never been allowed to. Unless, and then they ask, is there a God? Don't want to go down that road, but by God, you ask yourself, what, what sort of God allows children to be murdered in cold blood? Just don't understand it. Just don't understand it. So we've heard from the uh, the Prime Minister, we've heard from the Commissioner of the New Zealand Police. Uh, they will continue this conversation with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. He's also got lots of other things to uh, to cover, but this is kind of top of the list. I, d- I did say to you that I would I would mention before the end of the programme, my In Conversation programme. It feels quite trite that I'm mentioning it, but it's a good programme tomorrow morning. We've got the best of Steve Allen, and then we've got In Conversation. And uh, this week, it's James Buckley from the Inbetweeners, who was, you know, a breath of fresh air. Um, it was so polite afterwards, he then wrote to all the people who'd interviewed him in this building, saying, thank you very much indeed for making me feel so welcome. And the lovely Gary Wilmot as well. Gary Wilmot, who's, uh, you know, I've known for many, many years, many, many years. And so they're going to be with me tomorrow morning, which is repeated on Sunday evening on LBC. Uh, actually, Sunday is my uh, is my birthday. I don't think we celebrate with cake at five o'clock in the morning or anything like that. I think it's, a, it's not really the right thing to do. I might celebrate with a small cocktail sausage, which, uh, which probably isn't the, the best thing to eat at all. So the front pages of the papers, because of the time that they were printed, they don't cover anything on New Zealand. Probably the first time you'll uh, read about the atrocity over there is on the Metro this morning and then in the, uh, in the Standard. David Steele suspended. This is after, I mean, you seriously can't believe how these people ever make it to Lords. I've got no idea. So he was told by Cyril Smith that he had abused boys. David Steele did nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. In fact, he even recommended that Cyril Smith get a knighthood. Just imagine if he'd said something, you know, in advance of that, and somebody could have said, well, at least we'll do something about him. But Cyril Smith seemed to be protected. Seemed to be protected. Uh, Front page of the Daily Mirror. Knife thugs cheat justice. This is a third of thugs repeatedly charged with carrying blades are avoiding jail as knife crime soars to a 10-year high. I've still got my magic wand out and I don't know what to do with it because I don't think the, uh, the magic is, uh, is working. Louis' sister dead at 18 is the son. This is Louis Tomlinson. I mean, honestly, he's had a few years as well, which is uh, absolutely dreadful. And uh, she was found dead at home. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... From a, they think it's a, a suspected heart attack, cardiac arrest. Daily Star this morning, TV legend, I want baby, donor, 
This is a des- this is a desperate TV star on the hunt. The household name has shocked pals by saying she can't through another can't get through another car crash romance, and apparently, due to legal reasons, her name is being kept secret. I've got no idea why. I would have thought actually that people would uh, would sort of want uh, something like that. Incidentally, coming back into the West End, and I should have mentioned it. My friend Paul has just uh, reminded me. I did I did take it in the newspaper because of the unfolding events I didn't get round to it uh, Mary Poppins is coming back to the Prince Edward Theatre this year, who's going to play the bird woman? Petula Clark Petula Clark, she's 86 86 hope for everybody Courtney, 86 grief honestly he won't see 86 ever again let me tell you uh, Jane says my heart's heavy for this ghastly shooting of innocent victims I, d- I just feel sorry for families that are going to be completely decimated by this uh, you know, 40 people is it's a lot of people. The Daily Express palace split for William and Harry. And um, and then they say failures, the Express. This is what they're, they're calling the MPs. You've decided to delay Brexit. What a damning indictment of our democracy. I mean, that's all right. We can vote them out. We can get rid of them. We don't need them, do we? Um, also, the Telegraph, Brexit not going well, is it? And they've got lots of people who want to dress up in outfits. There's some bloke who goes down there who's got sort of some megaphone. And we don't really know what he does. It sort of just complains about everything. Uh, also, anger as ex-para faces bloody Sunday trial. Uh, taxes to rise for high and middle earners. Oh, that's all we need, isn't it, honestly? So, so, I don't need any more of this depressing news. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Deb says, I know the saddest you're feeling is it can be heard in your voice. However, do enjoy your birthday. Yes, I will. I will, of course. Just another day. I should probably write down. I don't know what you're supposed to feel at this age. <laughs> Stressed, I should imagine, after this morning. Uh, the Guardian, Julia Roberts on Meghan Markle. Pretty woman in the Oscars. I like Julia Roberts. Uh, also, the Cabinet split exposed as MPs vote overwhelmingly to delay Brexit. And uh, the PM narrowly wins the amendment to keep control of the process. The Times this morning, May to ask for Brexit delay. Actually, I'm surprised we haven't heard anything from the Prime Minister already about New Zealand. You know, we should be hearing a, a step. Well, I know. Well, surely she could have issued a statement or something like that, that our hearts go out to people. All we've heard is everybody else. Jeremy Hunt spoken. Is that speaking on behalf of the government? Why can't she speak? Why can't she speak? That's why I would expect it to come from. I don't want, you know, people further down the list. I want the sort of proper person. But that's, you know, just my little my little wish myself. Rotherham Victim Service run by shamed politician's daughter. And uh, you can read more on that. And Arsenal saw off. Is it Wren's? Wren, oh there, three nil to qualify for the Europa League quarter final. I'm reading rubbish. I've got no idea what I'm talking about. I know nothing about football. Chelsea won. Oh, big up Chelsea. There you go. And Dream Cottages: How to find the perfect country home. Well, that's just about it for this morning. I don't know. Um, I don't know where I leave myself. Actually, I leave myself feeling very sad, very very sad. But uh, I'm sure that there's lots of other programmes on LBC today. We'll find lots of people to talk about and, uh, and you can add your weight to the conversation as well. Thank you very much indeed. It's certainly been a different programme, hasn't it? But I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for the best of Steve Allen, uh, followed by In Conversation. And then back on Sunday morning as well, where I celebrate... Oh, God, I'm not going to go into it unless it's far too depressing to think about it. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> 60 Lemon five, I tell you, it's it's chronically bad, isn't it? It's not good. I don't think it's a nice number. I don't. I'm sure it's not a nice number. Anyway, I will be back tomorrow. James Buckley and Gary Wilmot. Uh, also, an extra podcast for you very shortly. It's my little bit extra, in which we take a sharp look at the desperados who beg for our attention and put them back in their rightful place. It's Steve Allen's little bit extra, and it will be available very shortly on the LBC app and on the Global Player app as well. You just go to lbc.co.uk 
OK, and it's free to download and you don't have to pay for anything at all. So as well as listening, lo- stop it. Sorry, it's my, I, don't, I can't turn it off. I don't know. It makes all these funny noises now. Uh, so as well as listening live to LBC, you can listen back to this and the other LBC programmes, as well as listening to a huge range of podcasts. Have a, have a safe day. Have a nice day. Coming up at 10, it's James O'Brien. But right now, with breakfast on LBC, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.